Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. One of the things I've learned about radio is that I've gotten a real appreciation for what they call last minute. <laughs> you don't really think about this when you're, you're watching or listening. Oh, yeah, this, you know, this just in or breaking news or any of the other many things that they say about it. I was literally um, talking to, to Catherine Arnett uh, in Japan just recently. Uh, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, literally just right before the show. So Catherine is, a, is the uh, Marine. Um, I'll let her tell her details. I'm not going to go into a whole lot about it, but uh, it's quite fascinating what's happening uh, with her. And she's the one that the Marines uh, wanted to kick out in court-martial because she refused the COVID jab, which is every American's right. Uh, under federal law, you, don't, you have no responsibility to take a, um, um, an experimental medicine. And so it's quite fascinating uh, to see how this is all progressing. So we'll see what happens. And like, again, so hopefully she'll be able to call in or type in or do something like that uh, on the Skype line. We'll get to more details as to as exactly what's happening. But it should be. It should be quite fascinating. And so I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what the Marines are going to do. I don't know what she's going to do. I don't know anything about it. But we're literally talking, you know, about 30 seconds before the show started. I'm like, okay, now what? <laughs> what are we going to do? You know, so it, it, we, shall, uh, we shall see what happens. So she's going to try and call or, or type in a live chat, or we're not sure what's, what's going to go. But that's, that's how last minute this gets. And so, again, um, I'm going to let her tell her story when she gets a chance to, to come on the show and tell it. And so uh, this this should be fascinating. But anyway, uh, Catherine's a friend of the show, and we shall keep uh, keep watch over her, her situation. The other stuff, the title of the show, this is kind of a gutsy show today. And, uh, you know, conservatism slash GOP are dead. <laughs> Long live the new American revolution. And the reason I put that in there, uh, I found a fascinating article. And so uh, if you go to the regular search engines, you get nothing. You get nothing but liberal crap. You know, you put in... Um, you know, something uh, or, or like, you know, why don't conservatives fight back or why don't Republicans fight back? That's what I was looking at. And I said, OK, so so now what? You know, and I get all this liberal stuff. The Republicans suck. The Republicans are, are Nazis. The Republicans are right wing. And it's like, that's not what I'm asking. I'm looking for insightful articles from Republicans as to why they don't fight back, why they don't do anything, why they're a bunch of geldings. I mean, there's a reason I call them the gelding old party. And if you, and if, if you don't, that's GOP. It comes with the GOP. It stands for grand old party. Uh, but I call them the gelding old party because I wanted to have GOP, you know, I wanted to keep the acronym, but replace one of the words. And if you don't know what a gelding is, then look it up and you'll understand why, how I feel about the Republicans. I'm not much more in favor of conservatives. Oh, but Greg, but Greg, let me channel Rush Limbaugh here. But Greg, but Greg, this is a conservative talk show. No, it's not. <laughs> no, this is a revolution. This is an activist um, advocates uh, citizen legislation show. We are not journalists here. Not one of us is a journalist. Um, because we're not journaling. We're not, we're not, we're not describing what's happening. We're, we're making things happen. That's the whole point. Uh, the biggest push right now is to get uh, something on um, our constitutional amendment to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. So, uh, huh. All right. So, Catherine's still, uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, uh, uh, let me send a message here. Try not to send messages uh, during the show, but uh, let's, let's see what's going on. And, 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 don't mind me. <laughs> I don't want to say something about what I'm saying here. On the air. This is what happens. People, they try and reach me right while I'm, uh, yeah. And so it's, it's, it gets, all right, sorry about that. <laughs> so we're starting, trying to work out some details uh, to get Catherine on. All right. 
So let's get back to what's going on. The, the Republicans refuse to fight back. They're a bunch of geldings. The, um, the conservatives, um, I don't know. They're just not doing anything. And I couldn't figure out why. You know, because what we do here, you would think that if conservatives and, and even the patriots and the independents uh, and the Republicans especially, if they really wanted to fight back, they would embrace our citizen legislation and throw it in the face of all the Marxist Democrats. I mean, they'd be pounding our door down. Give us more legislation. What can we do to help? You know, how many, you know what do we do? And we'll send the bills to, uh, news, to news media outlets and uh, government. Okay. And they're not doing that. They're not fighting back. They're not sending uh, our, our bills in. Uh, they're not even sharing our shows. You know, so we're subject to the oppressive Marxist uh, deep state social media cabal, and they're, not, uh, and they're not doing it. And so they're letting them win. And my question is, why are they letting them win? I know they're letting them win. Everybody knows they're letting them win. Um, and unless this turns around, the country will be destroyed and turn into a Marxist dictatorship. It's, it's pretty much on the way now. We are living through fascinating times. This is, this is the second American Revolution. The only question is, will it get started? And that's my job and a lot of other folks' jobs, to get it started in a peaceful way, fighting with computers, um, doing things that uh, can change the country. You know, I realized a long time ago when I started Action Radio back in uh, 2014 that um, the, the, uh, the only thing left was the laws. You know, you look at, you look at the politicians, they've all been bought. Uh, later, I discovered um, that elections um, are all rigged. You know, it's all done by machines and computers and uh, stealing and, and, you know, getting rid of the Republican observers and stuffing the ballots and running the same ballot through several times and doing mail-in stuff and uh, not checking the signatures. And there's like hundreds of ways to cheat, but they're all cheating. And so the, the, uh, the candidates are selected. And one of the biggest cheats of all is the fact that we have only two parties selecting the candidates for us. And they give us such a narrow pool of idiots to choose from. I don't want to choose from the idiots. I want to open it up to the entire country. So one of the best ways to do that um, is to, um, hang on, oh, sorry, more messages coming in. All right. Uh, do, 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 hang on, let me just, <laughs> let me play something for you guys. I'll, I'll be right back, guys. Sorry. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Yep, back live, just in the process of sending a message. Don't mind me. <laughs> the things I try and do. Yeah, this is why I need a producer. And so I'm looking uh, for a bunch of different folks um, to be able to do that. And it's tough to do because we're on at a time, you know, 7 to 10 in the morning when a lot of people are busy. So anyway, Michelle, doing more messages here. Guys, I'm doing a show. Let me do my show. Stop talking to me. <laughs> Isn't this crazy? All right. 
So, uh, so here we go. All right, let me, let me just leave my phone aside, do my show, get myself a producer, and then they can handle all this stuff when it comes in. Otherwise, I'm going to go crazy. All right, so back to the agenda. So what could the Geldings do? What could they do that they're not doing now? Well, a bunch of things. Uh, first of all, they could have another committee, uh, a committee to handle the reversal or actually you know, tell the true story of what happened January 6th. So the Democrats basically had a fantasy movie production of the way they, they wanted things to be. That, we should have called that the wishful thinking committee. All right. So we need a real committee on the stolen election. That already should have started. It should have started uh, the day after Congress, uh, the new session started with the, the Republican majority. But they won't as long as Kevin McDeep stays there. So Kevin McCarthy is going to stop that because he's part of the deep state. Second thing they could have done was a daily update from the D.C. Gulag, the, the prison uh, where all of the folks are, are hiding, uh, or excuse me, not hiding, where the political prisoners are being kept for, for simply walking in to the Capitol or even being near the Capitol. They're all being thrown in jail. So, so the Democrat you know, operatives that stole the government are doing just fine, and they're arresting people that were near the Capitol uh, as the excuse and the cover for the real coup that took place. So the coup leaders, the coup enactors, the coup folks that actually stole the government are, are using the Trump supporters as cover to cover that they stole the government. Uh, so then we should have a daily update from the, from the gulag. Now, and the states, of course, the Republican governors should take their people, in other words, the Santas should take their Florida citizens out of the D.C. gulag, saying you do not have jurisdiction over our citizens. They are not, uh, they're not citizens of D.C. because D.C. is a, is a district. Uh, it's not a state. And these citizens, these people are citizens of the state of Florida, and he should go and get them, as should, should Christy Noem of South Dakota uh, and any other Republican governor should go in and literally, you know, with their National Guards, if necessary, and take their people out of the D.C. gulag. And that's, that's how it should be done. And I'm telling you, even, with, even under force of arms, I mean, they've all got tanks and airplanes and things like that, and they need to take their people out of the D.C. gulag. That would be the proper thing to do at this point. Um, we need a boycott list of the woke corporations. This is proving very effective. You look at uh, Bud Light, you know, with, uh, you know, with, with Ms. Dillon, <laughs> Ms. Dillon, you know, the, the man, you know, the wimpy little boy man who's trying to look like a little girl. Um, that's working. And Bud Light sales have plummeted. In fact, uh, there's just a, an article about Bud Light um, being in the, uh, the gay pride parade somewhere, I think Chicago or something like that. And I guess they're trying to hide. So Bud Light, I guess you really are, you know, you're a bunch, you know, a bunch of folks that are, are not appealing to real straight Christian men anymore. You're much rather go for the LGBTQ PMS community. Okay, that's fine. I mean, if you want to market, you know, you're free to market it who you want to. But don't be surprised if uh, regular guys uh, stop buying your beer. Uh, besides, light beer is for wimps anyway. Um, next one. Uh, the left should be absolutely defunded by, by the Republican Congress. And the way they do that, you think, well, gee, the Senate's in Democrat hands. How do they do that? Easy. All revenue bills start in the House. So unless the House Republicans vote as a majority to fund something, it doesn't get funded because the Senate cannot start uh, funding. They cannot initiate funding. So the only way any organization or, or thing or regulation or law can get funded um, is because the Republican House voted for it initially because all revenue bills start in the House. So any money for climate change, for electric cars, any money for the, the, the totalitarian regulation, uh, regulatory agencies, any of that stuff, all starts in the House. So the House under Kevin McDeep State, in other words, Kevin McCarthy, could literally stop funding the left anytime they want, but they don't because they're geldings. Next one. Um, how come we don't have indictments or prosecutions of local DAs, of secretaries of state, of governors for stealing the election and changing election laws? Those people should all be in jail. 
Another thing they could do, daily press conference and briefing uh, of the crimes and the propaganda of the left. In other words, they need a, a disinformation correction report every day. So here's where the left lied to you, and here's the truth. They should be doing that. Uh, they should be supporting our legislation. In other words, our constitutional amendment, taking uh, money away from, uh, from Congress so they can't – well, actually taking the power of Congress to borrow money. They need to do that. Um, they need to have our vaccine liability bill, you know, putting product liability back on big pharma. They need our big tech censorship bill uh, to stop all censorship from big tech. I mean, Twitter is censoring me as much as ever. So I don't know what Elon Musk you know, accomplished by spending $44 billion when he could have done a whole lot better spending $44 million promoting our bill to end big tech censorship. And that would have covered all of, of uh, social media and search engines. Could have handled all the algorithms, algorithms of search engines and, and all, the, all the shadow bans and all the, the restrictions and the community standards and the fact checks and everything else from social media. But they didn't do it. You know, we, we offered the bill. It's been out for, for two years now. Oh, well, they have not disarmed the, uh, the bureaucrat army. So there are 287,000 armed bureaucrats, uh, which is basically 14 divisions of, of infantry soldiers within the federal government with millions of guns and billions of rounds of ammunition. Well, since bureaucrats only have jurisdiction over American citizens, that means that they are preparing for war with American citizens. They should be disarmed. Those guns need to be given back to the people since we paid for them through the Civilian Marksmanship Program, which only deals with U.S. citizens, and you have to prove you're a citizen. So that would be a decent program. They could do that. What else could they do? Um, There's no cooperation connecting us to the Trump campaign. I've tried you know, we have the best bills in the country. We have the most logical, straightforward, easy to understand, simple bills to bring our freedom back in so many different areas. And yet, even though I've had folks like Christina Bob and Peter Navarro, uh, I've had, uh, you know, I'm in contact with Matt Gates, my congressman, uh, different people associated with uh, Trump and the Trump campaign. And yet, not one person has seen fit to help us get connected to the Trump campaign, yet we have the best ideas. I'm probably going to have more luck with Bobby Kennedy, to say the truth. I think we're going to have more luck connecting with Bobby Kennedy's campaign, Robert Francis Kennedy Jr., than we are with the Trump campaign. And yet, we're the, the, you know, we're the, the folks, uh, the, the free market folks. We're the constitutional folks. I need a name for us. Constitutional independent? Yeah, I mean, we need, we need something. Um, we need like a one-word description of who we are. I don't know, revolutionaries? <laughs> it probably sounds like, this is a revolution. I mean, what we're talking about is a revolution where the citizens actually write the bills that they consent to be governed by. That's a revolution. Don't kid yourself. It's peaceful. We can do it all by computer. uh, The government may take up arms against us, and they may arrest us by force, and they may do all kinds of other nasty things, but we don't do it, and we have no need to do it. Uh, Besides, they've got more guns because they've taken our tax dollars to buy them. I don't want to fight the federal government. I want to disarm them. You know, I don't don't want a a, a shooting war with the federal government. I I want to change the laws. I want to take their power away. The old-fashioned way, with better laws. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, this is what I'm trying to do. All right, so where did I get these, these, these rather remarkable revolutionary ideas? Well, it came about because of um, this article I found. Now, again, you, you cannot search um, the old-fashioned way. You cannot use Google. You can't use DuckDuckGo. You can't even use uh, so-called conservative search engines. They don't work. The only way I found that works is Yandex. It's up the Russia. It's fascinating to me that the best sites for a conservative and realistic and revolutionary American thought, you know, back to what I found things, he's found in the Russian search engine, you know, Yandex. So I found this on Yandex. I wouldn't find it anywhere else. And this is the best article. John Daniel Davidson. Don't know who he is. He wrote this October 20th of 2022. So this would have been right before the 2022 election. 
you know, the one that was stolen, <laughs> stole from Kerry Lake. You know, I think uh, Congress barely became Republican. Um, I think that the Democrats screwed up. I think they're probably intending to steal it and keep it Democrat. I'm surprised they didn't, actually. I'm really surprised the Democrats didn't steal the House again because the Geldings wouldn't have done anything about it. They wouldn't have. They still haven't done anything about the, t- the 2020 election. Why would they do anything about 2022? God knows what's going to happen in 2024. We'll see. I mean, I hope Trump, Trump wins. I mean, the only reason he wouldn't win is because the election was stolen. Because nobody wants the Democrat plan. Nobody wants to be a Marxist country in this country, except, the, except genuine Marxists. And they represent, what, 15, 20 percent of the population? Well, that's not enough to win the White House. Anyway, I found this article, John Daniel Davidson, October 20th, 2022. We need to stop calling ourselves conservatives. It's in the Federalist. Great article. Guess who I want on the show? I want this guy on the show. I want to tell him what we're doing here. Because he's calling for a new American revolution, which is part of the title of the show today. And guess what? We started one here. That, that's what Action Radio is all about. The new peaceful revolution. So he says the conservative project has failed and conservatives need to forge a new political identity that reflects our revolutionary movement. How about that? <laughs> he says, given the state of America in 2022, conservatives should stop calling themselves conservatives. This I found fascinating. Conservatives should stop calling themselves conservatives. Why? Because the conservative project has largely failed and it is time for a new approach. No kidding. <laughs> Conservatives have long defined their politics in terms of what they wish to conserve or preserve, which I've talked about too. Individual rights, family values, religious freedom, and so on, blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah, blah was my addition. Conservatives, we are told, want to preserve the rich traditions and civilizational achievements of the past, pass them on to the next generation, and defend them from the left. In America, conservatives and classical liberals alike rightly believe an ascendant left wants to dismantle our constitutional system. Yeah, that's true, by the way. And transform America into a woke dystopia. No, they want to, trans- they want to transform us into a Marxist dictatorship. <laughs> yeah, the, the woke dystopia is just a fringe benefit, right? They say that, he says the task of conservatives going back many decades now has been to stop them. Yeah, sure has. Of course, they're not. Well, I don't know if, it, if, if their task has been to stop them so much as the, that's been kind of like a, a talking point. We need to stop the left. We need to take our country back. Do you intend to take our country back? No. We just intend to say it. <laughs> and that's the truth. So they'll talk a good game. It's like Reagan. Reagan talked a good game, but the things he, he accomplished were pitifully small. Oh, boy, that ought that, to that, uh, stick in the craw of, the, uh, um, of, of, of all the folks. <laughs> we shall see. Yeah, just sending another quick message. I can't believe I'm sending messages during my show. I apologize for that. Things are busy. All right. Then he says, in an earlier era, this made sense. There was much to conserve. But any honest appraisal of our situation today renders such a definition absurd. After all, what have conservatives succeeded in conserving? Yeah, no kidding. In just my lifetime, they have lost much. Marriage, as it has been understood for thousands of years, the First Amendment, any semblance of control over our borders, a fundamental distinction between men and women, and especially of late, the basic rule of law. Calling oneself a conservative in today's political climate would be like saying one is a conservative because one wants to preserve the medieval European traditions of arranged marriage and trial by combat. Whatever the merits of those practices, you cannot preserve or defend something that is dead. Perhaps you can retain a memory of it or knowledge of it, but that is not what conservatism was purportedly about. It was about maintaining traditions and preserving Western civilization as a living and vibrant thing. Yeah, conservatives literally want to conserve. They want to preserve what is or what was. Well, that doesn't work in an activist left, which wants to destroy what is and are actively doing it. Okay, it's not good enough anymore. Right? It's like journalism. 
You know, I talk about journalism and activism. You know, people accuse me and say, well, do you call yourself a journalist? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Actually, I call myself an activist. Well, but you're, you're doing a show. You're a journalist. You're supposed to report. No, that's your definition. I, I've long since abandoned that. There's no journalism anymore. Journalism is dead. Let me say, let's say this quite bluntly. Journalism is dead. There are only leftist activists and uh, conservatives living in the past. That's what, that's what news breaks. You look at all the conservative talk shows and all the conservative uh, media and all this kind of stuff, and they don't say the same thing. You know, we need to do this. We, you know, they're, they're reporting the news. They're, they're trying to be objective. Well, the left is not objective. The left is activist. Well, the only way to co- combat an activist, leftist, Marxist, you know, media is with a, a conservative, well, I've got to stop using that word, is with an American first revolutionary, you know, directed uh, media response and a succession and a succeeding one. And that's what we do here. That's what we need other places to do. Hopefully they'll follow our model, but uh, apparently it's not happening yet because they're still calling themselves conservatives and living the past that uh, Daniel, uh, Daniel's talking about here. Let's just, let me get his name again here. John Daniel Davidson. Boy, that sounds like a white name, doesn't it? John Daniel Davidson. It should, have, it should say the third after that. John Daniel Davidson, the third. <laughs> but it's not. It's just John, John Daniel Davidson. All right. So now he says, uh, okay, here we go. Pick up the article. Well, he says, too late. Western civilization is dying. The traditions and practices that conservatives champion are at best being preserved only in the ever-shrinking private sphere. At worst, they are being trampled to dust. They certainly do not form the basis of our common culture or civic life as they did for most of our nation's history. To talk now of, quote, family values is to assume that there are enough Americans able and willing to marry and raise children together for something like family values to matter in the public discourse, much less in the halls of power. To talk of defending, quote, religious freedom, unquote, is to misapprehend that the real risk today is widespread irreligion which will leave so few religious Americans in the coming generations that the government and large corporations will inevitably and easily persecute them. Yeah, when the religious minority becomes such a small minority as to not be able to fight back, we got problems. He says conservatives are still invoking these things as if they are magic incantations uh, that can roll back time, just as they did during the crucial decades of the past half century when the cultural and technological revolution was remaking America before before their eyes, and they did nothing to stop it. So this is the part I found interesting. This is, this is something I, I thought about a lot of this earlier stuff. I had not thought about this. This was new. But the idea that a technological revolution was remaking America. And the, and, the, and the conservative Republican crowd was doing nothing about it. He says, in a recent essay for Compact, John Asconas, A-S-K-O-N-A-S, argues convincingly that the conservative project failed because, quote, it didn't take into account the revolutionary principle of technology and its intrinsic connection to the telos of sheer profit. Telos, that's one of those million dollars. Let's, let's look it up. Uh, you know, I love people that use words that I have no comprehension of and generally don't use in regular conversations. Let's find out what it is. Telos, an ultimate objective or aim in the hedonistic life. Yeah, that makes sense. People lose some moral purpose, uh, a telos, which provides moral justification for society. In other words, it's, it's a poor excuse. <laughs> you know, in other words, they're going to do it anyway. They're going to, I, I will replace telos with the word rationalization. Because the rationalizing is okay. It's like the technocrats or the, the transhuman you know, technology folks, you know, from brain chip to we're going to control your life. I uh, was listening to Glenn Beck yesterday, a fascinating guest on, and was talking about uh, uh, somebody they met uh, 15 years ago, a futurist, 
who said that uh, he's going to, they're going to have brain chips and they're going to have uh, all this, this, this merging of, of human beings and technology, and it's going to be great. You know, and everything will be socially controlled and social credit and the whole bit. Explain basically what they're doing now. And, of course, uh, Glenn, uh, you know, asked him like 15 years ago. I said, well, well uh, what if somebody, you know, falls out of favor? You know, if, if we're dependent on you guys for our, for our life, you know, if, if, uh, you know, if you can turn on and turn off our, our brains and circuits, you know, then, uh, and, you know, because we're all connected to this big, you know, like a Borg system. And the Borg was actually fascinating. That's really where, that's where these people want to go, transhuman. You know, part of the collective. Resistance is futile, right? It is, the Borg is very much of a description of our future. Somebody had their, their you know, eye on the future. Anyway, so uh, Glenn's friend, the futurist, says, well, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, turning people off, he says, we would never do that. Of course, my thinking was, of course you would. You know, the, the, the evidence of, of, of human power and decadence shows very clearly that anything that, that can be done usually is done. You know, it's like the old line in Jurassic Park when Jeff Goldblum says, you know, you only asked if you could. You never asked if you should. You know, and that's, uh, that's how things work with the gain of function. Can we, can we make a virus more powerful and deadly? Well, let's do it. <laughs> you know, this would be great. We'll make more money on the vaccine. So, so the, the question of could and should is, is, is irrelevant to those that want power. It's always could. If you can, they're going to do it. You know, if the, if the Germans can have a Holocaust, they're going to exterminate millions of people. You know, if Genghis Khan, Khan could conquer the world with swords, he's going to do it. Swords and arrows, yeah. I mean, most people do what they, you know, if the Marxists can take over the United States, destroy our Constitution, and turn us into, uh, you know, the, the, the worst bastion of, of uh, terror and dictatorship, they're going to do it. Why? Because they can. There's, there's no logic. There's, I mean, there's, there's no control. There's no rationality. There's no discussion. There's no virtue. There's no, there's no, um, no human integrity in this. It's just because they can. So they're going to. So get used to it and do something about it. Back to the article. So, so it didn't take into account the revolutionary principle of technology, and it's in, so, te- so technology becomes a revolutionary principle unto itself, according to this article, which is interesting. Conservatives, he says, were too obsessed with, quote, left-wing revolutionary policy- politics and misread the real threat, which was technological change so swift and powerful, it fundamentally reordered society, swept tradition aside, and unleashed a moral relativism that rendered the conservative project obsolete. Basically, conservatism is dead. Now, see, I welcome the technology because for me, it opened up a whole new world. You know, when I was young, uh, most people lied to me. Parents, teachers, jobs, you know, pretty much everybody lied to me. Uh, And it was hard to tell the lies from the truth because so much of what I heard was lies. It wasn't until the Internet came along that I actually got the real story. Oh, yeah, military recruiters, too. Let's put them in. Everybody lied to me. Everybody. Priests, you know, teachers in three different countries. You know, uh, I, I got lied to a lot. And I think most of us did. And you don't realize, you know, how much you've been lied to until you get the Internet. And you can start verifying things. So the Internet for me was a godsend. It's like, oh, now I can look for the truth. So now I can ask questions that nobody else is asking, like what kills viruses? Back in February of 2020, when I asked that question, I realized that Dr. Fascist was exactly who he is, fascist, that he was using the government to kill, you know, who knows how many million people. Only, he killed a million. I mean, he could have killed a lot more. You know, by denying early treatments, by denying things that worked, by denying the information on things that worked, so he could direct everybody into something that uh, never would have been legal under normal circumstances, which was the COVID jab. COVID jab would never have been legal because the law specifically said you cannot use something experimental when something already here and approved works. And the things that were already here and approved were zinc, uh, hydroxychloroquine, and ivermectin. 
vitamin C, vitamin D. They worked. They stopped COVID cold. Well, you couldn't have that because if we had something that works, you couldn't have your experimental uh, drug. And the whole point of that law was to prevent exactly what happened, you know, making the legal products illegal so that the illegal products could be legal. And the result is a million people died and more will die. The reason the million people died was so that they could, you know, create the fear to clear the way for the COVID jab so that who knows how many other millions could die. And that's what it's all about. But we had the laws to prevent it, but they weren't enforced. The Constitution wasn't enforced. So the reason all this happened was because the Constitution was not enforced, that rights were limited. Well, it's a public health emergency. We, we can limit rights. <laughs> no, you can't. And the conservatives never fought back. Even our own Governor DeSantis here in Florida didn't fight back until later. Initially, he locked down the schools. He locked down the beaches and parks. He told people to stay home. You'd be safer at home, which is a bunch of BS. Actually, it was the least safe thing you could do. You know, wear masks. All these things were designed to preserve COVID and keep it in the population because these people are smart enough to know that if we had uh, everybody out in the fresh air, that if people got, got COVID and got over it quickly, there'd be nowhere for COVID to go and it would have been gone in about six to eight weeks, which pretty much would happen. Well, then they brought it back with the mandates and the lockdowns and the masks and everything else. They actually brought COVID back. It was gone by July of 2020. You know, I've got the CDC chart to prove it. I put it on my, uh, my show slides every day. It's right there. You know, you want to challenge it? It's the CDC chart that said that COVID started in January of 2020 and was pretty much gone. The death rate was zero by July of 2020. It's right there on my slides. Not on this show because we're still live. But look at, look at any previous show. Go back to yesterday's show or Monday's show. It's right there. COVID chart. You know, I keep, I keep posting it. Nobody reacts to it, though, which is quite fascinating. All right, so let's get back to the article here. He says, instead of questioning these technologies, social media and search engines, you know, Google and Facebook, right? Asking whether they would contribute to human flourishing, conservatives acquiesce to their inevitability and focus instead on narrower issues. It's not smart enough to comprehend what's going on. That could be too, right? Or they just don't want to get out of the comfort zone, which is being losers. Conservatives and Republicans are really happy being losers, really happy. They love being losers. Because they work so hard to be losers. When the Democrats stole the, the House of Representatives in 2018, did the Republicans challenge the fact that seven Republican seats were overturned after the election weeks later with ballots that showed up? Oh, boy, found more ballots. Okay, I guess those are all right. We'll let them in. No, they didn't. Because they're geldings. Because they don't care. They want to be losers. Always look at the Republican Party as a party that wants to be losers. They're not comfortable leading. They don't know what to do with it. They want their privilege. They want to be, they're, they're, like, uh, they're like pets. So the Republicans are like pets of the Democrats. So they kept warm and comfortable and uh, they get the privilege and they get to go on their trips and they get to maintain their office. And they can even ask occasional tough questions. But for the most part, the real power speaker, he's not going to do anything. You got some really good people in Congress. My Congressman in particular, Matt Gaetz, uh, uh, James Comer right now, who's investigating all the Biden bribes and all Hunter Biden uh, corruption. Doing a great job. The question is whether he'll be, he'll be able to actually prosecute by getting, uh, you know, when Trump takes over to get the, uh, the DOJ to really throw these folks in jail for the rest of their lives, which is where they belong. I don't know. I'll have to wait and see on that one. Article says, instead of questioning these technologies, asking whether they would contribute to human... Oh, I read that. Anyway, it says the... Here, let me start the paragraph again so we can keep it in context. He says, instead of questioning these technologies, asking whether they would contribute to human flourishing, conservatives acquiesce to their inevitability and focus instead on narrower issues. The result has been the transformation of society within the span of a single human lifetime. And with it, 
the wholesale, wholesale destruction of our traditions and the looming implosion of Western civilization. So I don't think it's that bad. I don't think, uh, I think that uh, as long as there are those of us who are living, breathing, and understand Western civilization, which is what uh, the leftists call white supremacy. Okay, Western civilization, the Judeo-Christian ethic, tradition, and religion is white supremacy of these people. That's what they're talking about. So what they're really talking about is the supremacy of marriage, honor, integrity, family, God, country, nationalism, freedom, independence, individual rights, limited government, a constitution, and free markets. That's Western civilization. That's what they call white supremacy. So it's not white people, you know, they, they, they lie when they say, well, it's all about white people deporting all the minorities, you know, somewhere. <laughs> no, that's, that's not what they're talking That's not the real, that's, that's the cover story. The reality, when the left talks about white supremacy or white nationalism, they're really talking about Western civilization and the supremacy of the idea that the individual is the most important component in society, whose rights need to be protected and honored, and whose property is freely accumulated by those individuals. That is what they term white supremacy. Article says, while it might be necessary, as Asconis argues, to enact a serious program of technological development to build a future that supports human flourishing, it is also the case that to do so on a scale sufficient to save our country will require political power and the willingness to use it. Okay, this is where it gets interesting. This is how it gets interesting because it does the same thing that, uh, well, I'm not, you know, this is sound arrogant. I'm trying not to. Um, but then I realized that political power, I, I don't have a problem with big government as long as big government is enforcing freedom. My problem is the big government is enforcing tyranny. So you limit government to enforcing freedom and you take away its power to enforce tyranny. See, that's the difference. So that would involve getting rid of the Department of Education, the State Department, all, most of the regulatory agencies, turning most of that stuff back to the states and keep the things that they, they should do, which is maintaining uh, freedom. You know, it's like when Eisenhower called the National Guard out to get black students into Ole Miss, you know, Mississippi, uh, University of Mississippi. Interesting idea. I, I, I got to think about it. I got to read more about that because it's an interesting use of power. But the thing is, he used the military to enforce freedom. Well, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> you know, I mean, sometimes you have to use the military to enforce freedom. The, what the, the, the state of Texas, sh- National Guard, should have surrounded the FBI ATF at Waco and told them to lay down their arms and get the hell out of there or they're going to be killed right there on the spot. That's what they should have done. I would have as governor. I would have surrounded the, the whole ATF operation. The federal government, they might have wanted to send in more, send in the whole military. So, so be it. Then I'll ask the other states to send in their National Guards, and away we go. You can't allow the federal government to kill an entire community of your citizens in your state. You can't do that. Yet they did. Bill Clinton's still running free. still hasn't been brought to justice. So when talking about using government power, there is all kinds of government power. There's federal power, there's state power, there's local power. And there are times to use it and times to uh, limit it. Well, now it's time to use it for freedom. That's what we advocate here. Using the federal, state, and local governments for the purpose of, of advocating and maintaining freedom. I've said this for a long time. Freedom has to be imposed, just as much as tyranny. Except that we're the good guys, so it's okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, call that a rationalization, call it whatever you want. Uh, freedom. What do you think, how do you think this country got started? It was, we're in an emergency. We're in a war with England over our independence, over our, our entire nationhood. And, and two-thirds of the people couldn't have cared less. One-third were loyalists. They were loyal to the crown, a lot of which went to Canada. One-third were you know, watching the equivalent of football and drinking beer. They didn't care. And one-third actually saved this country. Well, the same thing's going to happen now. 
you know, if I can get one third of the people working positively on citizen legislation and enforcing a change of freedom so that we open up the laws so that uh, they're, they're good for regular folks and we limit the special interests rather than laws being good for special interests that limit the regular folks, you know, we're going to be all set. If we can write laws that uh, completely ban, obscure, get rid of, and ignore any international organization, the UN, the WHO, the WHO, you know, all those folks, that's what we need to do. The idea that some, some occupant of the White House, you know, who stole the election can give away our power to some international agency is, is abhorrent. It should be disgusting. It should be repugnant. It should be something that makes you feel sick to your stomach that that can possibly happen. And yet people are like, oh, no, we have to stop the, you know, we have to stop Brandon from, from giving away all our power. Well, he can't do that. He doesn't have that power unless you give it to him. Back to the article. While it might be necessary, as Asconis argues, to enact a serious program of technological development to build a future that supports human flourishing, it is also the case that to do so on a scale sufficient to save our country, I read this, I'm sorry, will require political power and the willingness to use it. So let's see what he says then. So what kind of politics should conservatives today, as inheritors of, inheritors of a failed movement, adopt? Good question. For starters, they should stop thinking of themselves as conservatives. Of course, I haven't thought of myself in that for a long time, uh, much as Republicans. I don't think of myself as a Republican either. You know, I, I'm a constitutional independent. Or I might also just call myself a revolutionary. Let's, 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 let's have, you know, I'm an American first revolutionary. I like that. Or I'm a, a, a founding revolutionary. Because basically what we're doing, most of what we do here goes back to our founding. It's still the basic principles of freedom. And not democracy, a republic. You know, free markets and a republic. That's what we're talking about. All right. Anyway, so for starters, they should stop thinking of themselves as conservatives, much less as Republicans, and start thinking of themselves as radicals, restorationists, there's a new term, I hadn't heard that before, and counter-revolutionaries. I don't think of myself as a counter-revolutionary, I think of myself as a revolutionary in the same tradition as our founding fathers, in the sense that we are throwing off a tyrannical occupation government. They threw off a foreign government, we're trying to throw off our own government that has become a tyrannical occupying power. That's why I wrote the article, The Nation of Government, which describes Washington as a country and the states as colonies, where the colonies have to pay for their own occupation by the nation of government. Quite a fascinating article. Anyway, he says, indeed, that is what, what they are. In other words, we are, whether they embrace those labels or not. Well, I do embrace those labels. So a restorationist, I'm guessing that means restoring the original founding principles as this country was supposed to be. Let's look up, let's look up restorationist. Use my online dictionary, which is not always adequate. Uh, but it's the best I have at this time. Restorationist. Here's what Marco thinks of all this in the Netherlands. I'll ask him in a minute. I'll ask him now, and maybe you can type an answer. Restoration. Oh, I know that. What's a restorationist? Restoration, I already know. The, act, the action of returning something to a former owner, place, or condition. So a restorationist would want to restore the United States to its former condition of freedom as of 1776. That's, that's me. So the process of repairing, renovating, the reinstatement of, okay, here's another one. The reinstatement of a previous practice, right, custom, or situation. Yep, our founding. Oh, this is the restoration of capital punishment. Well, that's not exactly what I had in mind. Dentistry, nope. <laughs> the return of a hereditary monarch to the throne. Well, that's what they want to do. A head of state to government or regime to power. The restoration of a democratic government. Well, that's what we got now, democratic government. Take a look at it. Here's your democracy, folks. It's a tyranny, just as we have been saying for decades. 
So the return of, so the restoration is the return of a hereditary monarch to the throne. That's an interesting definition. Exactly the opposite of what we need. I like the one up here. It talks about uh, uh, the action of, of returning something to a former uh, condition. That would be a condition of freedom that we used to have in this country. Huh. Oh, they talk about the restoration as the, re- the reestablishment of Charles II as King of England. Well, you know what happened to Charles I? He was beheaded by Cromwell and, and the Patriots. They said, nope, you cannot be king because you believe in a divine right of kings. You believe the king is actually God and can do no wrong. What an idiot. <laughs> no wonder he lost his head. Now, I'm not a big fan of beheading, especially with, a, um, with an axe, because <laughs> it's pretty barbaric. And that's why the French used a, a sword and then the guillotine. Dr. Guillotine invented the guillotine because, uh, you know, if they're going to lop off heads, they want to do it in a way that's quick and clean and, and you know, relatively painless. You know, the, um, the beheading by the, uh, by the axe, what, it's probably not the right word. What, is that, what are those things called? Yeah, the chopping block? No, I think it was an axe. Yeah, pretty barbaric. Didn't always work the first time. I, I'm not going to go into that more. Anyway, let's get back to the article. Supposed to be a nine-minute article. I think I've been on for like 25 minutes already. Uh, he says they might. Oh, let's, let's, let's caught up. So let's think of ourselves not as conservatives, much less as Republicans, and start thinking of ourselves, which I do already, as radicals, restorationists, and counter-revolutionaries. Sounds about right. I, I'm not a counter-revolutionary. I'm a revolutionary. Same American Revolution. We're just repeating it. We're repeating it 250 years later. Because most nations only last a couple hundred years. So, we're gonna, so now that we're 250 years into this, it's time for us to reestablish America as it was at our founding in 1776 for the same principles, on the same laws, where the people write the laws that we consent to be governed by. So I am, in, in effect, a revolutionary. Hear that, FBI? By the way, how come I haven't been arrested yet for, for subversion or sedition or any of those things? I feel, I'm feeling left out here, guys. Everybody else gets arrested, but me? Nope. Not, not there. Just a... Uh, well, that's okay. Maybe one day. Can't wait. It's going to be fun. I want my turn. Then I can report on it. <laughs> it's going to be funny. I don't take this lightly. No, I don't. I mean, you know, who knows? They might, uh, you know, shoot me on the way and say, oh, well, don't need him. Oh, he was trying to escape. Yeah, right. All right. So let's get, no, are you kidding? I wouldn't miss the, the chance of the sarcasm. I really want to talk to those FBI stooges. You know, the ones that would show up here in the, in the flak jackets and all the other stuff to arrest poor little me. At 63 years old, I bet you I'm such a threat, right? But uh, I've still got my brain, you know, unless they drug me. But, uh, yeah, so uh, I, I'd be curious to talk to them. And, and, you know, why are you guys just following orders? You know, what's, what's really going on here? I said, don't you want your freedom? You know, I said, aren't you ashamed of yourselves? <laughs> yeah, I do the kind of things I'd ask. And they said, well, we have a bunch of questions to ask you. I said, well, I can't answer. Well, why not? Well, because I have an ongoing investigation. <laughs> like I said, I'm already, I'm already preparing my answers for the, the, the FBI KGB when they show up. All right, back to counter-revolutionaries, restorationists, and uh, radicals. Here we go. He says they might, looking to American history for inspiration, which I do all the time, conjure up the image of the pilgrims, those, no, I don't, but that's okay, he does. The image of the pilgrims, those iron-willed and audacious Christians who refuse to accept the terms set by the mainstream, I could say mainstream media here, of their time, and set out to build something entirely new, to hew, that's a good word, H-E-W, hew it out of the wilderness of the new world, even at great personal cost. Well, in many ways, yeah, that's, uh, that's us. And that's us at Action Radio. We're saying that, uh, no, we're not going to accept the special interest buying laws from the government to control the people. We accept laws written by we the people, which we send through government and lobby for to control the special interests. 
So reversing the process. That's revolutionary, by the way. Next, he says, or they might claim the mantle of revolutionaries. I've already done that. Invoking the founding father's view, or at least Thomas Jefferson's, that periodic revolution to preserve liberty and civil society has always been and always will be necessary. See, that's really interesting. I'm going to click on that, that, that part once I get through the article. Well, let's click on it now and see where I get. I always come back to this part. Let's see what Thomas Jefferson said. Click on the thing. Ooh, Founders Online. Ooh, I found a new group, Founders Online. The James Madison from Thomas Jefferson, 6th of September, 1789. Dear Sir, I sit down to write to you without knowing by what occasion I shall send my letter. I do it because a subject comes into my head which I would wish to develop a little more than is practicable in the hurry of the moment of making up general dispatches. Oh, this is really interesting. I'll probably do a show on this. Well, that's a long letter. Jeez, and he wrote it with a, with a feather quill pen. I'll just give you the first question. The question, whether one generation of men has a right to bind another, seems never to have been started either on this or, or, or our side of the water. Yet it is a question of such consequence as not only to merit decision, but also among the fundamental principles of every government. Hmm. Well, I've got to come back to that. That's interesting. Back to the article I started with. Or they might claim the mental revolutionaries, which I do. Then it says that, okay, where I read that. He says, whatever the term or image, the imperative that conservatives must break from the past and forge a new political identity cannot be overstated. Okay, we've already done that, dude. <laughs> this is why I want him on the show, right? He says, it is, wow, gee, it's 745 already? Wow. He says, it is time now for something new, for a new way of thinking and speaking about what conservative politics should be. Well, see, I've abandoned conservative politics. I'm talking about revolutionary America first original principles. That's what the show is about. He says the fusion, the fusionism, is that a word, fusionism, of past decades in which conservatives made common cause with market-obsessed libertarians <laughs> and foreign policy neocons is finished. Yeah, the neocons, you know, I've got a theory about that. We'll be doing some kind of a show or a discussion on that too. So the neocons have a really great strategy. They pay billions of dollars to totally destroy a country and then say, well, we have to rebuild them. So they get billions of dollars in contracts to rebuild them. See, they still win. They pay for the destruction, and, they, and they, they, get, they get paid for the destruction, and they get paid for the rebuilding. This is going on in Afghanistan right now. I got an article here, which I'll get to uh, at some point this week. Now, I already have enough articles for the whole week. The whole week's already prepped. <laughs> it's just a question of getting to the articles, right? Um, and so it, it, it's fascinating that uh, Afghanistan right now is getting billions of dollars still. Well, wh- why, would we, why would Brandon give billions of dollars to Afghanistan after we surrendered, after he surrendered, and gave all our weapons to uh, – you know, the Taliban under orders from Obama. Oh, I'm sure I can't prove it yet, but I know that's what happened. Why else would uh, Brandon surrender? Because he was told to. Basically, everything happens because he's told to. I'll get into the media in a little bit. That's going to be fascinating. I'll say that for Jonathan. Talk about the, why the media is turning on Brandon, because they, they, they're just following orders of Obama. Obama's running the country. We're under an Obama dictatorship with Brandon as a figurehead you know, basically run by Marxist Muslim totalitarians who are dictating everything that's happening right now through the regulatory agencies to control us. Well, some of us object, namely me. Anyway, he says, the fusionism of past decades in which conservatives made common cause with market-obsessed libertarians, that's funny, free market, open borders, libertarians, these people have cracked me up. Foreign policy neocons, yeah, pay for the war, pay for the rebuilding, great deal. It's like the the, uh, business model for... uh, uh, big fascist pharma. Oh, I like that title. Big fat. I just came up with that. Big fascist pharma, which is to scare the hell out of everybody to take vaccines, which ruin their immune system, which cause the need for more vaccines. 
it's a self-perpetuating market. Why would you get a flu shot every year? Why isn't one flu shot good enough to teach your body how to, uh, to, to adapt to all the different flu viruses as they come along? Oh, gee, well, uh, you know, Greg, uh, that's not quite scientific. Every year, you know, a new flu bug comes, and we have to uh, have a new flu shot for the new flu bug. We get it wrong most of the time, you stupid idiots. Besides, these things mutate. That's why your immune system is flexible. But, uh, quote, vaccines are not. But one thing they do through the adjuvants, and this is what I learned from John F. Kennedy, excuse me, Robert Francis Kennedy, the adjuvants, aluminum, you know, the things that give you Alzheimer's, right? Autism, all that kind of stuff, allergies. The three A's, Alzheimer's, autism, and allergy. Uh, Alzheimer's, autism, and allergies. The three A's from, from uh, you know, non-vaccines uh, is that they destroy your immune system. You know, that's like food that makes you hungry. I don't know. I could, how about salt? You know, so why, why, do, you, why, do, why do the movie theaters advertise uh, popcorn with, uh, with lots of salt? So you get thirsty. What do you, when you get thirsty? You drink a soda. What's what are one of the ingredients in sodas? Salt which makes you more thirsty. It's a, self, it's a self-marketing system. You know, the, the so-called vaccine is a self-marketing system because the vaccine destroys your immune system. They're, the very thing they tell you is boosting. And you get a booster. Why would you need a booster if you already got the vaccine? Why would you need more of something if, you're, if, if the first one, you know, changes your DNA and helps you uh, adapt to a new virus? You should need a booster. In fact, a booster re- boosters prove that it doesn't work. <laughs> you know, this is fun. And people don't see that. This stuff is so obvious to me. It just it's like screams in my face. Boosters are needed because the original vaccine didn't work. <laughs> you know? And the, of course, the boosters don't work either. But the boosters do what they're supposed to do. Kill enough people to scare you into taking more vaccines. And the vaccines themselves destroy your immune system. So everybody gets sick. Why do you think people who get COVID now all have had the jab? Why do you think the people that uh, got COVID, got over it, never took a jab, have never been sick again? Like me. I got COVID beginning of January 2020. I literally have not had, even had a cold since, except once for like three days. That's three. I'd never go through, through a, a year without getting a, you know, a cold for a week or so. But I'll tell you, this is one of the byproducts of, of, of COVID. As, as it makes, for those of us that didn't take a jab, we've got really good immune systems right now. I didn't check that out anecdotally. I should call Rebecca Hardy, uh, Texans for Vaccine Choice. Or some other friends I have, have they noticed that people that got over COVID naturally have much stronger immune systems? Let me ask Marco. Hey, Marco, what's going on in the Netherlands? Is there any studies on this that people, Marco in the Netherlands, you listen to the afternoon, it's great. Is there any studies of people that show that people who got COVID early use natural immunity, which really works well, got over COVID, have even stronger immune systems because our systems are now adapted to bioweapons? I need to look that up. That'd be a great question. You know, I'm not going to have to write it down. I thought of it. <laughs> I took it a break to write it in the beginning. So I want to finish this article before Jonathan gets here, and we're not, we've got a ways to go. <laughs> I think it's the commentary that I had so much fun with. All right. He says, whatever the term or image, the imperative that conservatives must break from the past and forge a new political identity cannot be overstated. It is time now for something new. Action radio. I'll pull a Biden on you. Action Radio is something new. Anyway, it is time for something new, for a new way of thinking. That's us, too. And speaking about what conservative politics should be, bingo, we hit the trifecta. Something new, new way of thinking, and speaking about it. That is exactly the definition of Action Radio. So, dude, we're already here, and we've been doing it for five years. All right, then he said, actually, six years, if you count my, my, my time at WBY. Learning my craft, learning how to be a revolutionary. Peaceful, but a revolutionary. 
He says the, fun, the fusionism of past, oh, I think I read that before because there's that word again. The fusionism of past decades in which conservatives made common cause with, oh, I read that too. Um, but that other part was really cool to read. Oh, here we go. So too is conservatism, Inc., in other words, conservatism incorporated, and the establishment GLP it enabled, whose first priority was always tax cuts for big business at the expense of everything else. Let me say that again. The GOP and conservatives, Inc., the first priority was always tax cuts for big business at the expense of everything else. The election of Donald Trump in 2016 heralded a populist wave at the end of Republican politics as we knew it. And now we are in uncharted waters. Well, I don't mind. I'm actually charting the uncharted waters. It's kind of fun. He says, to be sure, there has been plenty of talk on the right lately about what should be done differently now. Well, right. They're just talking. Some, such as Sorab Amari, Gladden Pappen, Adrian Vermeule, along with a larger cohort of conservative Catholic thinkers, advocate a conservatism that is comfortable with big government and, in fact, sees it as necessary not only for the common good. You know what I think of the common good, right? But to tame what Almari recently called the private tyranny of woke corporations empowered by unrestrained market forces. Well, that's a mouthful. Conservative Catholics, he argues, should today, that'd be like Steve Bannon, conservative Catholics should today claim ownership of a pro-worker, even pro-union political agenda that once belonged to the left and which produced generations of Democrat voting Catholic workers. Duh. Why do you think most of the folks here are just regular average folks? Why do you think we don't have celebrities or, or, or party leaders or, you know, occasionally we have public figures? But for the most part, this show is run by regular people. Me? I'm a regular person. All the reporters, none of us are famous yet. We might be. But the thing is that I've always been pro-union. Private union, not government unions. Government unions are illegal, even though we have them. But Trump can fix that with an executive order. The only reason we have government unions like SIEU and teachers unions, federal teachers unions, is because John Kennedy uh, signed an executive order bringing them into existence. Well, Trump could take them right again, and he has to. We'll see, though. But I've, been, I've never had a problem with uh, pro-union uh, private unions. I used to be a teamster. I know it well. I went to meetings and they talked about, well, we have to support the Democrat Party. Why? They're a bunch of tyrants. And I don't support the Republican Party either. Give me some good candidates. Why don't the Teamsters run their own person? Wouldn't that be interesting? Have a labor party. <laughs> a real labor party. You know, Teamsters and AFL-CIO. And it, so let's see if they, well, Teamsters would be more interesting because they're a lot more conservative. Teamsters endorse Ronald Ray, uh, Richard Nixon. I think they endorse Ronald Reagan too. Teamsters are an interesting bunch. I like the Teamsters because they've been around since, uh, you know, the horse and wagon days, since the 1800s. That's why their emblem is, is two horses with a big bridle from a stagecoach on it. So Teamsters are a very independent bunch. And you look at the, uh, uh, although the membership is dedicated Marxist Democrats, I mean, the leadership is Democratic Marxist, you know, Democrats, the membership of the Teamsters is much more conservative. So, yeah, I have nothing wrong with pro-union. And the reason is because unions do what uh, – what uh, sports, you know, negotiators and all those other folks do, they advocate for their clients, what lawyers do. A union is basically a, a, a client advocate system. Well, who are their clients? Working people. Because working people deserve representation uh, when dealing with management. So I've never had a problem with this. In fact, I, you know, I, if I did, I wouldn't have been a teamster. So what do, what do unions get? Well, they get be- much better pay and benefits and working conditions and, and contracts and safety contracts, and, and unions have given us things like the eight-hour day, vacations, you know, overtime at time and a half at least or double time, holidays, all kinds of stuff. Biggest one being the eight-hour day. People died for the eight-hour day. 
So I've never had a problem with unions, private unions, because there's no way that one person can have any kind of equality against a corporation. So the corporations bargain collectively. All the management has the same management policy. They all bargain collectively. Well, one person doesn't stand a chance against that, but a union does. So when a union bargains with a company management, they're on a much more equal basis. That's a good thing. Freedom of association. I don't have any problem with workers being paid more. They should be paid more. Considering how much the government people make, a lot of folks make, especially the government people. Anyway, that's another story. So pro-union political agenda that once belonged to the left, never should have done that, and which produced generations of Democrat voting Catholic workers. I'm not sure why he focuses on, on Catholics particularly, but uh, I'll have to look more into that. Anyway, he says, indeed, a willingness to embrace government power has been a topic of fruitful debate on the, quote, new right in recent years. Oh, this is, this is interesting. I'm not sure about the new right. I'll have to look that up. New right. Let me write that down. New. What is the new right but compared to the old right? The old right isn't working. What's the new right? And that's not neocons, because neocons, again, the purpose of a neocon is to go to war with the country, spend billions of dollars uh, to reward your friend financially so they'll pay you and you'll have a good job when you get out of government, and then to uh, rebuild the country with, by spending million, millions more dollars there. So that's how it works, right? So you spend millions of dollars, uh, billions of dollars, so that you, to, to create a war so that you can spend billions more dollars repairing the country after the war. And then if you start a war again, you can do the whole cycle again. Neat, huh? I was going to write down something. Uh, 23, there we go. I'm writing the date of the showdown. So let's call this new right. What is the new right? So now I'm curious. All right. The new right. He says, in recent years, as uh, here we go. He says, however uncomfortable traditional small government conservatives might be with Amari's, A-H-M-A-R-I apostrophe S argument, it is more or less true. Put bluntly, if conservatives want to save the country, they're going to have to rebuild and, in a sense, refund it. Bingo. That is exactly why I started Action Radio. Exactly to rebuild and refound the country based on our original principles and to have bring the government into compliance with the Constitution and live as we were supposed to live as free people. That's exactly what we do here. Then he says to rebuild and in a sense refound it. And that means, here we go, big red letters, getting used to the idea of wielding power, not despising it. Why? Because accommodation or compromise with the left is impossible. One need only consider the speed with which the discourse shifted on gay marriage from assuring conservatives ahead of the 2015 Ober de la decision that gay Americans were only asking for, quote, toleration to the never-ending persecution of Jack Phillips. I'm not sure who Jack Phillips is, but uh, I need to look at the Obergefell decision. Yeah, um, by the way, the Supreme Court has no power to impose gay marriage on this country any more than they had a power to impose abortion or impose you know, uh, Ply Le Bideau, that Americans have to pay for uh, um, the education of, of uh, foreign nationals, illegal aliens in our schools, because that is a grant of both foreign aid and amnesty, neither of which the Supreme Court has the power to do. Okay, so, so Marco checks in and he says, if there is any news that natural immunity is better than the jabs, it's most likely suppressed. Yeah, that's very true, but you never know, Marco. The, the, the studies... You know, you never, I mean, I found, I mean, I'm the one that found, well, I'm not the one, but I mean, I found the, the study by Didier Raoult way, way early in, in, I think, February of 2020 that, that, that chloroquine cures COVID. That's how I wrote my bill on February 27th that only Congress could only spend half their money on vaccines. The other half had to be spent on early treatments because I already knew about the early treatments. I'm not clairvoyant. 
I just read the study. Read the study from Marseille, France, and then I got to know Dr. Zelenko. I read his protocol and went, oh, that makes sense. Especially when I found out he was saving thousands of lives. So if they're saving lives in Marseille, France, and they're saving lives up in upstate New York where Dr. Zelenko originally practiced. I think he ended up in Florida before he passed on. Um, everybody ends up in Florida before they pass on, right? Anyway, so but so there, there's probably some studies out there. And if not, we should commission one. Oh, that'd be interesting. I, I have friends. I know exactly. You know who would do that? I bet you Dr. Judy Mikovits, who's been on the show regularly, would do that. Do a study of what of the proportion or, or what happens to people that got over COVID with natural immunity. Did that transfer to getting over COVID? I'm going to write that down, too. So uh, study. She would know. So let, me talk to, let me talk to Judy after the show. Uh, do COVID immune naturally. Naturally, in a that's what happens. I try and write you fast. Hang on. Naturally, naturally. I'm at the bottom of the page. Even worse. Have immunity to other things. Uh, better immunity. Immunity to other things. There we go. So basically, what I'm saying is, do. Um, Oh, it's Jonathan. <laughs> I can bring him right now. I'm just going to continue finishing up my point here. Um, but the point is that the study would be, uh, do people that uh, got over COVID the old-fashioned way, like me, just natural immunity, a couple of days rest, have a greater immunity to everything else? Because I haven't been sick since I got COVID, except for a cold for a couple of days. And that's only because I went to the hospital for, for that, the, you know, your, your uh, you know, later-age COVID check, uh, colon check, excuse me, which is fine. I'm in great health, um, which is a good thing. But that's when I got sick, probably because I was in the hospital you know, exposed to all kinds of uh, things, you know, inside my body. But that's another story. All right. I'm going to hold this article up now just because, it, but it's so fascinating. Let me ask Jonathan if he's had a chance. Jonathan, I, I always ask you the same question. You always give me the same answer because I know you're busy. But uh, I've been going over this fascinating article, um, which I, I'll probably finish at some point in the show. We need to stop calling ourselves conservatives. It's in the Federalist. It's by John Daniel Davidson. And I posted yesterday morning. Uh, from October 20th, 2022. Have you ever read this? This is the most incredible article. It basically demands that Action Radio do what we do. The, the, the real hope is to, is to get rid of conservatism and republicanism and start to using government to impose freedom on people with a new way of thinking. We need to become counter-revolutionaries, restorationists, uh, and something else they said. And I'm like, we're doing that now. Have you seen this article? This is fascinating. I never no, heard of it. I can what? Huh? What is he arguing? Oh, no, he says, that, well, he'd have to listen to the first hour of the show, but uh, basically the idea that conservatism is dead, that uh, we need to move on. And he calls us, wait, let me see if I can find that paragraph. Um, in other words, we need, we need to uh, stop saying the government power is bad and use it to basically impose freedom, which is what I talk about here. Uh, let's see if I can find it, because he talks about rest- to impose freedom. Well, it's a change. Well, it's probably oversimplifying it. I really, I don't want to get into this just yet until I can fully uh, you know, well, finish no, here. I'll probably I haven't have to, heard it, although, yeah. um, I mean, I, I, you know, there's two different directions that I think that may, may take us. One is, of course, the philosophical debates of our founders, Thomas Jefferson and and, and, and Madison and, and uh, George Mason and all these others that, you know, the idea that if all men were angels, um, there would be no need for government. Mm. Um, 
but because they're not angels, I forget what, you know, forget the, the entire quote, but basically that, that because um, men are not angels, the, the government is, is, is flawed. Um, so, I mean, the, the idea that we need, we need the government to respect um, and, and protect our rights mm-hmm. is, you know, it's an essential part of what, you know, of what our philosophy is. I mean, our philosophy, our, our political philosophy is much more, um, you know, even though the same founders argued that the government, the government that the government go- governs best, governs least. Um, but, but still it's not, you know, it's the, the, the you know, arms of the government have to restrain the government. Yeah, beyond all doubt. Yeah, I let don't me. Know um, if that's what he's thinking, or if he. Well, let me give you a couple of. It, yeah, go ahead. Or if he's basically, um, if he's basically quibbling with the word conservative, no. which I, which I, no. It's more than. It's much more than that. Yeah, I kind of oversimplified. Let me give you a, a couple of quick things here of what he says. Uh, he says, uh, so what kind of politics should conservatives, conservatives today as inheritors of a failed movement adopt? He says, for starters, they should stop thinking of themselves as conservatives, much less as Republicans, and start thinking of themselves as radicals, restorationists, which is a word I hadn't heard before, and counter-revolutionaries. That is what they are, whether they embrace those labels or not. That's exactly how I think of myself. I don't think of myself as a conservative. I certainly don't think of myself as a journalist. We're radical <clears throat> restorationists. We're, I, I mean, this is, I call this the peaceful revolution. You know, we're using computers and media to restore our country back to our founding principles. That's the whole point of having we the people write the laws we consent yeah. to be governed by. That's the purpose of the show. So, in fact, we're doing what he's, already, what he's talking about. I want to get this guy on the show. He's a senior editor okay, of the Federalist. But, but, but I don't know, know what, what they mean necessarily by <clears throat> I'm a conservative. I mean, the... the there is no question that parts of the government must, you know, must intervene to protect the rights of the people. If you, if you had, oh God, there's some really old stupid movie about some small town that was basically, where, where basically the, the same guy was held every office. You know, <laughs> if you, if you had a, if you had an area where there was a team of, um, you know, where there's a group of police, for example, it just mm-hmm. went around abusing people and ripping them off and, and everything like that. The government would have to step in and police the government. Yeah. You know, so, um, I mean, I, I don't know if <laughs> his argument is that the government has, it has violated its own role. And therefore, the government has to restore it. Well, I, I think that's kind of inherent in the idea of a government. Um, I, is that is that what you're talking about? Mm, no, it's it's a lot deeper than that. This is why I say it's it's hard to just jump right into this. But let me give you another quote, and then we can uh, we can go on to a bunch of other issues. He says, put bluntly, if conservatives want to save the country, they're going to have to rebuild and, in a sense, refound it. And that's what we do here too. 
He says, and that means getting used to the idea of wielding power and not despising it. So small government doesn't work. We need a big government to basically get our freedom back from the big government. He says, why? He says, because accommodation or compromise with the left is impossible. One need only consider the speed at which the discourse shifted on gay marriage from us. All right, well, I'll skip that part. But he says, you know, but this is it. We have to rebuild and refound our country. We really need to uh, uh, change things, and that's going to require that's going to require wielding government power. I have no problem with government power as long as it's going in the direction of freedom and not in the direction of tyranny. I just well, found this I a mean, fascinating I, article. Yeah, I I I I think that the philosophy is off base. Um, okay. Because, I mean, it's, it's sort of like, you know, there, there is a danger, um, you know, a thousand years from now, if people came back and discovered tanks or something like that, and they had no, or even just cars, and they right. had no idea how to use them, um, you know, they would, the problem wouldn't be with the, with the equipment, it would be that the fact that they don't know how to use what they've got. And I think um, I think a lot of the problems we have is that we as citizens, first of all, we don't believe that we have a role as citizens, and and then if we actually try to try to do something that we're supposed to do, we really don't know how to do it, and we don't know what to do, yeah. and and then people I think want to radically, um, you know, re, re, restart r- radically start over again without really understanding what what they already had you know so so that that's where i would i you know i would i would diverge i mean first of all the the overwhelming problem is apathy right um and ignorance so there is no government philosophy or no government system that is ever going to work if the people um don't don't use it and use it properly so um, you know, there, there. You know, in fact, let, let me explain. When I, when I, and I don't want to sound like Joe Biden, where I've done a little bit of everything, but I have actually kind of done a little bit of everything, which I, I chalk up to bad planning and, uh, <laughs> and chaos, not, um, you know, not any virtue. Uh, but you know, when, when I went over to the, well, first of all, I was working in, in political organizations that were opposed to the Soviet Union. And, and militarism right. and trying to, to get freedom. And then when it fell, I felt like, well, I should go over there and actually take a look. So I went over there as a missionary and we taught business and things like that. And we got a lot of, uh, um, a lot of opportunity to talk to the people about their own situation and what was going wrong. And they said that one of the problems after the Soviet Union fell was that they thought communism was when the government took care of you, took care of everything for you, and it didn't work. But capitalism was where the government took care of everything for you, and it did work. You know, they didn't get the the concept of, no, you have to do it for yourself. And, uh, you know, that was just not within their, their lexicon of life. You know, it's their vocabulary. Of um, of understanding the world, it's like someone <laughs> someone talked about how they went as missionaries over um, to some uh, well I won't I won't characterize it but some developing country and um, 
they, uh, you know, they were having trouble with food. And as they were walking around, they saw this big, huge field. And they said, why don't you, you know, why don't you plow up that field and grow some food in it? And the reaction was like, oh, that would be great if someone would come and do that for us. <laughs> yeah. That was like, no, I, I think you missed the whole point there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there is never going to be any government or philosophy that is going to save us from ourselves, you know, save no, us from our own. Um, yeah. I mean, like I say, my, my experience with my mother and, and other people and some of the people, even after I finally got involved in politics myself, but I learned from them, um, have been taking a role for, you know, since the seventies. And there is nothing that's happening right now in our country that, that they didn't warn about. They, they warned about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And the problem was, as I've said before, is that the people just didn't want to listen. Well, Everybody <laughs> said, oh, you, you're just being alarmist. That will never happen. That, you know, a slippery slope argument. Um, you're being, you know, you're being over the top or whatever. And, uh, and they just didn't want to. You know, they just didn't want to be bothered. So like I say, yeah, there's see, nothing uh, that has happened to us, but there's yeah. nothing that is happening to our country now that is a mm-hmm. surprise. Yeah, I'm not surprised. None of this is a surprise. No, that's and, the first thing I noticed and, when I came here. You know, I got here in, in 1972. I'm 12 years old. And the first thing I noticed was we're at war in Vietnam. And I'm like, where's Vietnam? You know, I mean, I heard a little bit about it in Australia when I was a kid there. But I got here and I'm like, I've studied World War II. I said in Australia because the Japanese invaded northern Australia. So a lot of people, this is back in the 60s, so 68, you know, I was there uh, 68 to 72. And, and in, the, you know, in the 60s, there were people still alive who fought World War II. Most of my parents and fathers were in some way involved in World War II. So Australia wasn't that big a country, so they, they had to defend it. And so World War II was very real for us. And I studied Britain, Battle of Britain, the whole bit, being a Commonwealth country, and where the Canadians, my own country, you know, originally was involved in. And so war was a very real thing where you got bombed, where there was real evidence of war. And I studied what happened to the Russians, particularly in World War II, which really defines what's happening in Ukraine today. You know, and I looked at this, and I looked at this country at war. I said, where's the war? I don't see it. And if it's not a real war, then why are we fighting it? So to me, my first confusion of, over the United States was how this country could be at a war that seemed to be fought with money and people are coming back dead. And I'm like, why, what, what is going on here? And then I realized that the, the, that how big the federal government was. And then I realized very quickly at the age of 12, that all the things that happened in Germany and Japan and Russia and China, and all these communist countries could easily happen here. And I couldn't talk about that with anybody because they all thought it was crazy. So wait a minute, why can't it happen here? Well, because it can't with the United States. So what, what makes you, what makes you think you're different you think the Germans thought Hitler was going to, uh, you know, instead of nationalizing everything for everybody's benefit and taking care of everybody, just as you said before, you think they thought they were going to end up, you know, in a Holocaust, their nation destroyed, having hyperinflation, you know, where their marks were worth nothing and they had to carry wheelbarrows just to buy a loaf of bread. Do you think that's what they thought back in 1933? Of course not. And they were a civilized, modern, Western, industrial, Christian nation. And look what happened. So the, it right. never occurred to people to think, and because uh, I thought, you know, because in my experience, and a lot of things that happened to me at a very young age that were rather traumatic, so I realized very quickly that if it could happen, it could happen to me. 
It didn't matter where I was, whether I was in Canada, Australia, the United States. Things happen. And as an individual, you only have so much control. So it, it, it was not shocking. That, that is, yeah. That is true. I mean, we, we, um, we must take responsibility, and yet we are part of a huge pool mm-hmm. that we have only limited influence over. You know, that is part of the dilemma, is, is that we, we cannot alone decide what, you know, what happens. Even though if we, you know, if we leave it to, to others, mm-hmm. we know it won't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, we, we, we've, got, we've got sort of all the other people doing different things, like dead, you know, like weights around our, our necks. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway. Yeah. So it's, it's, one more, it's going to be one more point. I talked about this in the first hour. That as, as far as change goes, the, the conservatives and the Republicans, they don't want change. They're comfortable being losers. And I was thinking, you know, and I'm still asking the same question. Why hasn't, you know, conservative world and Republican world embraced what we're doing? We're doing everything that they talk about that the founders did. We, the people, are writing laws that we consent to be governed by. We're writing good laws that are simple, easy to understand, that would bring freedom to millions of people, not only here, but worldwide, if, if, these, if these bills are shared. You know, you look at our Australian Bill of Rights, you look at our constitutional amendment, take away the power of Congress to borrow money. That would bring about unparalleled prosperity for everybody. And yet, lots of folks know about it. I've talked to Peter Navarro on the show. I've talked to Christina Bob. I've talked to major Trump officials. You know, I've talked to Matt Gates at the rally. You know, I saw him in person, handed in the bill. And yet they don't, you know, it's like we give them the answer. You know, you can lead them to water, but you can't make them drink. You know, and they don't, either they don't see, don't want to see, or they're still comfortable being losers. And I don't understand that. I don't want to be a loser. I want to be a winner. Um, a couple of things. I mean, Ken Cuccinelli, uh-huh. um, he was a state senator before he became attorney general of Virginia. And, and then he became a, a DHS official dealing with immigration. Now he's a flack for, for Ron DeSantis. Yeah. Um, they, um, um, he, uh, I mean, generally speaking, the Virginia Republican Party has is you know is the party of of, of Rockefeller and, and always mm-hmm. has been. So anyway, but <clears throat> so uh, so the thing is, is that what he but what he said after I was out on a day of campaigning with him um, door to door um, is that this is when he's running for re-election. He said he said we. Um, we only, you know, I, I, I can only take on about three bills per session, mm-hmm. which means per right. year. Mm-hmm. Because if I have, because what ends up happening is I have to do it all myself. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I don't have, you know, the, the manpower to get that, to get a bill passed. That I can just throw a bunch of bills in the hopper and ignore them and they won't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but if and, if and if outside people were pushing for something, I would support it. But realistically, if, if nobody's going to support it, I'm not going to waste my time on more than about three bills per year that I can actually, you know, shove through the system. That makes sense. And, yeah, but, but, but I'm not expecting him is, to support them. I'm expecting we, the people, to support them. And this is why I sort of had envisioned that radio hosts across the country, I would think, 
would embrace what we're doing, take their audience, pick one or two bills that they really support, advocate those, and you get enough people doing that and sending the bills in. Uh, I want a consensus before the bills get to Congress. This is why people, when they say, well, you got any bills passed? I said, not yet, but that's not how this works. We have to build a consensus with the people. We have to build our advocacy and then through media and then through pollsters, and then it goes to Congress when it's already pre-approved. That's when you get it through Congress. You don't start with Congress. No, not with our bills because we can't buy them like the special interest can, like big pharma, big tech. They buy their legislation. We can't afford to do that. We've only got votes, but votes are still more powerful, assuming a fair election. Um, and that kind of power is what we need to use. It's like, remember the Disinformation Bureau? Yeah, they may have changed yeah. the name and you know, moved it. But basically that action moved them because of, because of public pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, so public pressure wow. works if you get enough of it. Well, like I say, the, the um, most conservatives, um, like most people, are perfectly content to sit back and, and say, you know, say, gee, I wish that, that would be great if somebody would do that for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're absolutely um, right. And, and, and then, even if they, now, now, I think things, you know, what has happened from the, you know, starting with Ronald Reagan and Ross Perot's movement and, um, mm-hmm. Um, what was the other one? And then there was the Tea Party, and um, now there's, there's MAGA. Is that, especially as we're seeing, you know, it's becoming undeniable that government doesn't work and government is our enemy. Um, you know, people, people's tolerance for the status quo is, is changing. And, and so, but that, but that is necessary. And of course, the, the permanent, you can see like with January 6th, um, and again, if anybody doesn't know by now, um, there were an estimated 10,000 demonstrators just at the Capitol, much less 500,000 in the city. And um, you know, anybody with a brain knows that 10,000 people did not all do the same thing. <laughs> so the vast majority of those people um, were we're simply there to hold a sign, to stand outside, to ask, to petition the government. <clears throat> so when we talk about January 6th, if there were a few people who um, who uh, acted inappropriately or you know violently, um, that's a tiny, tiny, tiny minority of um, of the, the people. Yeah, but you've got to find out who those people are. I mean, those people most likely are Antifa, Black Lives Matter, or FBI contractors in some way. They call them informants the or, you know. I mean, nobody, nope, nobody has fought harder for that than, Bre- than attorney Brad Geyer. Mm-hmm. And I've, you know, been advising him a lot. We're kind of like buddy cops as, as, as lawyers. And um, the, you know, the, the court's, you know, the courts and the government act like, you know, he's a vampire if he comes within a million miles of that topic. <laughs> they, they, will, they will scream up and down and go berserk just because he might head, you know, somewhere in that direction. Well, what are they afraid of? And, um, that, I think that would be a pregnant question. Okay. You know, why are they Why are they so afraid of anybody at, you know looking underneath the hood, or pulling back the curtain in Wizard of Oz 
terms. Yeah. You know, why, why, why are they so hysterically frantic about this topic? Um, well, it, it proves and, they're uh, lying. You know, I mean, the, the fact that they're so, you know, what was Shakespeare said? Methinks thou protesteth too much. <laughs> you know, it's like they're, they're actually drawing attention to themselves by being so against it. You know, it's like when you, whenever you know something can't be talked about, that's what you want to talk about. It's just human nature. Yeah. When we know that when well, we know they don't want to discuss. I, go ahead. I think Shakespeare was talking about, if I'm not mistaken, I don't, you know, I'm not a student, but um, <clears throat> nothing more than a lady's, you know, uh, expressing a lack, a lack of interest in uh, a particular man, or maybe it was even about sex. Um, you know, something That's the fairly next mild. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, 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 but when you talk about the principle of protesting too much, uh-huh. January 6th is, um, you know, is a thousand times more. It's like it's off the charts yeah. in, in term, you know, compared to what Shakespeare was originally talking about. I know, but it's, it's but, applicable. But, I mean, I, I do that all the time. I'll expand laws like Title right. 18, Section 242 was really talking about Matthew Shepard and denying of, of civil rights to a gay guy who was also a drug dealer who was killed by a couple of other drug dealers, you know, and they said that to anybody who stops the exercise or enjoyment uh, of a civil right, you know, is now guilty of a felony and gets jail and fines. Well, I don't care what the reason was. The fact that the law exists means that we could take Congress, we could take uh, anybody that, uh, that suppresses our freedom and stops the exercise or enjoyment, which is a key word, enjoyment of our constitutional rights and throw their asses in jail. That's what the right. law says. So I, I, we don't have to go by what the intent, you know, or what the subject matter was. That doesn't matter. What matters is what the law says. Yeah, but the, the you know, the, the courts will find an excuse to, 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 um, to get out of it. But, but the thing is, is that so, so yet, so, you know, what I'm saying is yes and then some. So the thing is, is that as the American people have tried to, to get involved, the system has reacted in horror and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and violent, uh, um, <clears throat> well, I don't know what to say, but, but they have tried, you know, they have tried to put everything back in the, you know, they've tried to scare the, the, the American people back into um, timid compliance. Mm-hmm. And so it's, um, you know, it's a, uh, <clears throat> um, mm. you know, so the thing is, is that, the, the, uh, the uprising is happening, but the, the difference is that um, it's not working. The, the, their, attempt, their attempt to cow the American people back into silence is just not working, and it's not going to work. Um, and, and, you know, most revolutions and things like that are artificially created. This one is real, mm-hmm. and, but they're doing everything wrong um, from history to – and, and – and they're doing everything. I mean, I mean, part of the idea of part of the idea of, of change mm-hmm. is to expose <coughs> to, to expose the oppressors for who they really are. And so, so every you know every massacre or outrage by a government is actually just 
you know, actually just cost them support, legitimacy and support. Well, look at Waco. Um, Waco caused the militia movement <clears throat> to explode because we didn't want to have our communities destroyed by a government, by Bill Clinton, bringing in the TF, FBI. I was talking earlier about that, that uh, if I were governor of Texas, I would have taken the Texas National Guard and surrounded the FBI, ATF, and said, lay down your arms, get the hell out of here, and we're going to settle this peacefully, and stop, <laughs> your stupid, stop your stupid siege. Get rid of your tanks and your poison gas. You're not going to kill these people. We'll but figure another way. It, but that's what I would but have done. This is but, I think it starts out that you know the Republican Party has been uh, timid, I mean, I mean, it's like it's all. I, I don't. I, I, I'm not a great student of ni- the 1930s, mm-hmm. um, but, but, but the you know the dominance of the dominance of uh, the FDR movement and the, um, the 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 desperation of the um, the Great Depression and all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> You know, somehow made the Republican Party, and I mean, even today, okay, um, in, in Virginia, um, you know, Glenn Youngkin is fantasized about by, as as an alternative to Trump, if um, if uh, um, Ron DeSantis doesn't make it. And, and these people that I talked to, like Barbara Comstock, was <clears throat> a uh, you know it, it was a, a Republican leader, and, and they are they are just passionately committed to their um, to their philosophy of doing you know as little as possible. <laughs> they I mean they, and, and the thing is they really you know for example they they say. They, they assume that if they say things like, aren't you tired of the chaos, you know, uh, uh, you know, and you just want, it's like, no, the chaos no, is the point. The chaos, yeah. is, the, the chaos is the operation, is, is the whole point. Exactly. I mean, we need the chaos. But because it's not chaos, chaos. It's restructuring. Because the chaos is, is the change. They, they, they somehow think they're going to win a battle without, the, without ever fighting. Yeah. You know, and that's, well, the, it, it's not I, exactly I the chaos is. Yeah. But anyway, and you know, so the, the, again, the American people, they want change as long as they can still. And I'm, I'm going to say it. I think I as long think, as nothing changes, <laughs> they well, as, change long as long as they don't changes. have to do it, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. And I think that it, it is there. It is true that I'm sorry to say, you know, because people aren't. Well, I mean, if, again, if you touch, if you touch the idol. You know, if you, if you touch the golden, you know, the golden calf or you won't bow down when when they uh, blow the trumpet. Um, so I'm going to touch the third rail or the, you know, the, the, the golden idol sports. A country that is this obsessed. I don't mean, you know, sometimes, you know, my dad would work hard and come home and put on the game <laughs> and then he'd probably fall asleep. But I mean, the obsession. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean the obsession. Mm-hmm. It is perver- It is idolatry. It is. It is worse than any poison that's ever been in our society. Is what sports has done to our our our, um, our voting population. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Well, and um, it's, you know, 
No, I think I but, think you're honest what, because it's a way to feel good without actually having to work. In other words, you don't have, you can feel as good as an athlete without actually having to be an athlete and doing the training and eating the, and having the diet and and doing the, uh, the 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 exercise in the gym and and the the practice of the skills. It's a way for people to feel good who you know who aren't actually doing the work. They're not in the arenas as. Teddy Roosevelt said, they're just watching. They're like the people watching a gladiator event saying, you know, aren't I brave? I'm here at a gladiator event. I, I, I have all the adrenaline they have. I'm as good as they are. <laughs> no, you're not. Because <laughs> you're not in the ring. You know, and so it's yeah. a way to, to <clears throat> feel, feel good about yourself for not being there in the sports arena, which is a problem. The same thing as politics. And how, yeah, how pathetic to live one's life and never experience that for real. Yeah, well, Only we don't have that problem here. <laughs> We're right in the, the arena. Yeah, yeah, the synthetic drug. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, so anyway, all right. Yeah. So, what do you so, want to talk about? Um, <laughs> Great well, intro. a lot of different, a lot of, I mean, a lot of tempting things. Of course, we had. <clears throat> my interpretation is we had Kabuki Theater over the. I don't even know what Kabuki is, but it's people. It's, you know, it, the, the, the phrase works. Um, it's like live anime. You know, anime cartoons, it's like live anime. People get dressed up in, in caricatures. Yeah. So, so basically, you know, in, in brief, my interpretation of the um, – and like I say, I, I, I don't want people to ever get into the, into the mode, and I have to check myself, that we um, – <clears throat> oh, here, Gateway Pundit. Larry Johnson, who's a constant thing. I mean, the thing is, is like I was talking to my friend uh, with a Russian background, um, um, has um, you know, who knows all, all about the all about these things, and um, and so I was getting getting some feedback in here, and, and again, it's is think about this in terms of what the established system is trying to do to prevent change. Go back to sleep, you know, pay no attention to the, to the man behind the curtain. Um, and I don't mean that every crazy idea that pops into your head is necessarily true or worth it's following. Not. Oh, no. But, but, but neither, neither should we, um, <clears throat> you know, not, neither should we think that what the media is telling us, I mean, Basically, most of the media, most of the journalists, what they're telling us is happening, they don't even know. You know, yes, they lie. Yes, they're dishonest. But, but, the, but you know, the, the idea that, they, that um, <clears throat> the media even knows um, is, is laughable. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, all, all, they, all they know is what they're handed to read. Um, and so uh, I was telling my friend, you know, that, look, I – I'm not responsible for Ukraine. I'm not responsible for Russia. I am responsible for my own country, which mm-hmm. is going around stirring up wars <clears throat> and getting people killed all around the, the world. Oh, I got a question on that uh, because I, I was thinking of a model last night for how this works, the neocons. Uh, I was reading an article that uh, Biden is sending billions of dollars. Nobody's talking about this, but uh, except Robert Spencer of Jihad Watch, who has been on the show, and was talking about the billions that are still going to Afghanistan. I thought, why would billions be going to Afghanistan? Well, to rebuild the country. So the model is, I, and there's two, there's two I models. I didn't know that. 
Oh yeah, yeah. This is it's it's on, it's on my Facebook. It's in the international uh, news section. And so what I'm thinking is that the same people, the Black Rocks, you know, the ones where war is good for business. What they do, the neocons have a double a double approach to this. So they always win. It's like making money when the market goes up and making money when the market goes down. Either way, they make money. Same thing with war. They make they make money causing a war fighting a war, supplying the military munitions to fight the war. And then when the country's destroyed, they make money on the loans to build the country back up again, which means they can then go to war again. So it's like a perpetual cycle. In the same way, vaccines, which are not vaccines, destroy your immune system so they can sell more vaccines because people are dying of a disease. Well, you didn't have enough vaccine. That's your problem. You need uh, four more boosters. Well, if the, if, the first right. one, if the first shot worked and your body learned about the virus, you wouldn't need any more shots. So this is, this is right. a marketing scheme. It's like, why do you, you know, I, I use the example of popcorn. You know, why do you buy a drink after you eat popcorn? Well, because it's full of salt. So you drink a soda. Well, what's in the soda? More salt, which makes you thirsty, which makes you buy more soda. So these are self-perpetuating marketing schemes. So war is a self-perpetuating marketing, marketing scheme where the military industrial complex starts a war in a country like Ukraine, funds the war, and now they're going to fund the rebuilding of it once the war is over, whenever that's right. over. We'll probably now, refund now, it in Russia they, too. What do you think? <clears throat> now, there are armies. Now, b- basically, these people, most of whom are Obama's foreign policy um, team, mm-hmm. you know, How in whatever that? agency they were in, they mm-hmm. should all be pursuant to law. You know, people will say, oh, you're, being, you're promoting violence. Or something. No, I'm talking about the Nuremberg trials convened mm-hmm. properly according to the law, run by the law. And a legal outcome. But basically, the only outcome I can see for these people like Victoria Newland and Alexander Vindman is that they should be lined up against the wall and shot uh, no, by a duly, mm. well, by a duly appointed, you, think, you know, what? Well, I'm just, I'm just thinking of the, 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 the violence aspect. I'm thinking of, uh, you know, there's, there's very few things that will get us taken off the air. One of them is advocating violence. And if you're doing it, I know <laughs> what you said, though. Saying. Yeah, couch it in, in the, yeah. let's do this one more time. Just make sure everybody understands what we're talking about here. We're talking about duly constituted, due process, Nuremberg-type trials for war criminals. That's what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Okay, so now yeah, they, let's they see are, that again. They, they, uh, the Obama's foreign policy team, mm-hmm. if we applied the same standard as the Nuremberg trials, they would all have to stand trial for crimes against the country. Remember the mm-hmm. Logan Act? You know, they're, yep. they're creating their own foreign policy. And they have gotten, I mean, nobody has gotten more Ukrainians killed than Victoria Newland and, and Alexander Vindman in the name of and he's, promoting he's Ukrainian. Ukraine. He's Ukrainian. Right. He was born yes. there. So he's a traitor to, to right. his country and a traitor to our country at the same time, which is interesting. And, and remember, during the impeachment hearing, these guys, mm-hmm. <clears throat> they, wanted, they, they went allowed to go on too long. They should have been cut off. I mean a good trial advocate would have cut them off sooner. They went on and said that the problem is that, you know, Donald Trump would not follow the foreign policy of the United, the well-established foreign policy of the United States. That they recommend. Yeah. Right. If you listen to them. Yep. uh Well, what, what it means is that, um, that the bureaucracy, decides the foreign policy. Yeah. Not the president. Yeah. And, and their, and, and their counterparts. They, they, they value their counterparts. It's like Milley values his counterpart in China more than he valued Donald Trump. 
these people talked about right. their counterparts in Ukraine and Russia, and they said, well, we've already decided this. We've already, we've already established a foreign policy. He's, Trump's just getting in the way of our foreign policy. That's, what, that's, that's effectively what they said. That's, that's it. I hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. I heard you drop it, too. I dropped my phone. <laughs> So okay. anyway, um, wow, must have made a good point. The, uh, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, that was that was the thing. So mm-hmm. so anyway, um, I, I mean, I mean, yeah, we 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 held Nuremberg. But my point is, is that what he is describing is an admitted violation of the Logan Act, which we, remember they 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 um, went after General Michael Flynn for violating the Logan Act, which means, mm-hmm. um, you know. Ha- Conducting your own foreign policy, right? Like, like what, John Kerry what, does. <laughs> yeah. So they they, yeah. they admitted to violating mm-hmm. the law. As in addition to getting lots of people killed, mm-hmm. um, and so that's what I'm talking about, is that they okay. should be put on trial. Yeah. See, um, I... <clears throat> you know, I well, I see the whole deep state. Would you include Obama in that? I mean, let's let's go let's go for the the. I'm now calling this regime the Obama dictatorship. This is a dictatorship of Obama, and something really interesting has happened. A couple of things I want to talk to you about real quick. But would you include Obama in the war crimes trial? Well, yeah. I mean, he, he, there's a point at which things are true, but the people doing them are too slippery to get caught. Okay. So, so to the extent to the extent that they that we, they can't hide what their you know the, the reality is. Um, yes, but there is a point at which, you know, the real, the real, um, kingpins, you know, make sure they can't be caught. But anyway, okay. so, so let me, so let me go. So, um, it's now, it's now 20 minutes. So I'm going to, I guess I'll skip the rest of, I mean, m- my view of Russia is the gateway pundit by Larry Johnson has an article up today. Did you know Vladimir Putin? is a ruthless killer of his political foes, except Prigozhin. Why is that? You know, he, he is, um, you know, Prigozhin is the head of the Wagner group. Had like yeah, I want to talk about that because uh, you've got expertise in this area. I don't care about the Hunter issues or some of the Biden issues and things like that. I really want to understand because I don't know as much about what's going on in Russia right now. So let's talk about the Wagner group and how this I'm militant happy. mercenary we can do, group. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, we could do Hunter next Next yeah, week, perhaps that's but, not going to go away. This is more media because this is more this is more World War Three potential okay. huge disaster. Here's here's my conclusion, and okay. I want people to understand. You know, people will say, "Well, where's your evidence of that?" Okay, my ev- my my argument is that this is the only model that fits the known data. It's like okay. a, a true model is, is not a global climate change model. Those are not models. That's they're BS. There's but a, an actual an actual scientific model is you take what you know and you try to explain, you know, it's like all this massive data best mm-hmm. fits a line, right. you know. And so the data that we know shows that Putin and Prigozhin, the head of the Wagner group, together put on this play over the last oh, 48 okay. hours. Interesting. Tell me. Because this was... You know, and people are saying people are saying this is a loss for Putin. No, uh, not. A, I mean, yes, he's yes, he's there's going to be a chaotic period and he's going to have to play it right. And I've been wrong before about Putin doing dumb things. 
Mm-hmm. He never should have invaded Ukraine. Um, and I, I argued that he wasn't going to because it would be stupid, and then he did it, and it was still stupid, but he I did it. I said the same about Ron DeSantis running for president, <laughs> but he did it anyway. <laughs> exactly, they exactly. They don't so, listen to us. But, but, <laughs> well, no, but yeah, I can still say, I mean, it was still stupid. You know, right. the, fact that, the, fact that, the fact that Putin did it didn't change it from being stupid uh, as mm-hmm. well as yeah. horrible in every, every other way. Mm-hmm. Um, so the thing is, is that what, what has, I mean, Prigozhin is too smart, too experienced, and, and too valuable to just be saying, I mean, yes, he could be insane. He could have gotten well, syphilis. Where does he come from? Uh, who is he? Who is this guy? Where does he come from? How did, how did he, <laughs> what is the Wagner group? Or the Wagner Group, if you want to be German. It, 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 well, it's like it's like um, not Black ro- ro- Rock, but um, we had we had a version of that. In, in yeah, Iraq what was that Horrible. group in uh, the security forces? Uh, it was Black something. Who was that? Yeah, group? I, they were in Afghanistan and Iraq. Black, Black Water. Black Water. Black Water. Right. Okay, it's Black a private. <clears throat> it's a private group. Right. Where people can hire, hire, uh, uh, hire soldiers, mm-hmm. and and it's mostly used for um, mercenaries, right? Not well, really you are. know, shaky governments. Let me put it this yeah. way: shaky kind to do things governments right. want done but can't do themselves. Is that a good definition? Right, right. Okay. So the theory is, is that the theory is is that um, one of the reasons why Russia has led le- leaned so heavily on the, the Wagner group is precisely that is so that if they do something, they can come back and say, Hey, it wasn't us. Plausible um, deniability. The, right. Right. Okay. Which of course, nobody believes. Uh, no, but the <laughs> Wagner group apparently is in, is in nine other countries. They're, they're uh-huh. actually being hired by nine other countries, but mainly Russia in this war. And they, and, and the thing is, that the Wagner Group has both emptied out the prisons with promises of leniency, but also contains some of the most experienced military veterans they can find in the world. There's two, there's two groups. Yes, they've got cannon fodder of convicts, um, just as waves of, you know, whatever. Um, but, then they, but they've also got very experienced military veterans. <clears throat> so um, Pergosian has been bellyaching for a year, that he's not getting support from Shogu, the defense minister, and the, the Russian military bureaucracy. Now, the Russian military bureaucracy, the generals, they have um, reportedly, um, you know, stole, embezzled Russian military funds, and they're <laughs> all oligarchs. And, and they're not... So, so, I mean, the bottom line is, with time short here, is that... Um, is that it's a lot like it, well it, comparisons get people all goofed up, but but the thing is it's like you know there's a situation that happens where someone is nominally in charge, mm-hmm. but it's like being the captain of the ship and you give orders and nobody listens. <laughs> so Putin, Putin has been trying to fight this war, which again he shouldn't have fought. Right. And yes, Putin is an evil guy who would slit his grandmother's throat without. Thinking, you know, without hesitation. But well, I'm well, just so analyzing most of our government. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is that the word? Yeah, I, mean, I know. But he's he's no worse than than uh, uh, Obama or Clinton. Clinton killed, uh, massacred our own people. You know, so I mean, there's, right. there's there's not that much difference. He's very much like Clinton, as far as I'm concerned. 
Well, and Obama. Yeah. Right. So so anyway, the the so the thing is, he he is trying. He has been trying to fight this war with a Russian military bureaucracy that is non-responsive. Mm. They don't. Do, they're 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 fat, lazy, happy. They're independently wealthy because they've stolen all this money from the from the military budget. <clears throat> they um, um, they don't want to do what they don't want to do, and so <laughs> and that does not mean they're, you know, like I say, everybody thinks, well, if we get rid of Putin, we'll have peace. No, you'll get someone worse. You know, if you if if we got rid of Putin, as bad as he is, mm-hmm. the people behind him. Uh, you know, are going to turn Ukraine into a parking lot and they're going to they're going to break out the nukes, you know, like like bottles of champagne on uh, New Year's oh, they're Eve. They're in Belarus. Right. And by the way, Belarus right. listens to us. So I'd love to have a call. That's from Belarus. Thing. Thing. So 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 here here. The Wagner group is rolling. They, they, they roll they roll into Rostov, which is a Rostov on Don, um, Don being a river um, mm-hmm. and they take over this Russian town. They're no longer in Ukraine and the people love them. <laughs> you know, the, the Russian people are like, yay. I mean, it's a big party. Oh yeah. You know, well, and they're, they're, Russian. It, well, yeah, well, yes. But, but the thing is, they're not like, Oh my God, you guys are, are, are having a coup. And, and, you know, they're like, you know, finally someone with a back, I mean, you don't have to, you have to understand Russians. You know, they would blow themselves up just for the joy of seeing Europe burn. I mean, they are, they are Klingon. They are not like latte drinking um, Starbucks customers in Manhattan. Wow. They are not, they, they do not think like, they are Klingons. And, and you know, today is a good day. Were they modeled after, the, uh, were the Klingons modeled after the Russian uh, communist government? Sounds like I, it. I, I, think it, I think it has to be at least unconsciously. Okay, um, maybe yeah, consciously. If anybody, if anybody knows knows Russians, it's like you say, well, if you use nuclear weapons, you might get hit back. And the Russians are like, yeah, so? So? Exactly. I mean, they don't is, care. Yeah, is, my, is my life that great to begin with? Um, yeah, they're all like, drunk so, and they're yeah. all dead at 55 from alcohol. I mean, as long as the Russian men, if, you know. If I hit, if I hit New York... Right. And and I get to watch New York blow up five minutes before I get blown up. That's a great five minutes. Now, nobody in, in, in Hollywood or Manhattan or, you know, any, you know, any of these, these things can comprehend that. Right. Because other countries are not like us. Mm-hmm. They assume that everybody's like us. So anyway, the Wagner group is rolling up the highway and there's nobody there to stop them. Now, remember, you've got a military bureaucracy. And you say, well, Putin's a dictator, but he he depends upon the Russian military leadership and they're they're not doing you know, they're not doing what he wants. So he's got Putin has nobody to enforce his dictatorial um, agenda. Right. Because all the people. So now suddenly twenty five thousand killers on tanks are rolling up the highway and nobody's stopping them. They so are just are they like working on, on behalf of yeah. who are these people working on? They're they're hired by Russia to go after to fight the yeah. war in Ukraine. I mean, who are they? Yes. Okay. Yes, they're 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 contract. They're independent contractors. Okay. And and, and Prigozhin has been criticizing 
the Russian military leadership the whole time that they are that they are not doing doing it. So so Putin. I mean, so the thing is, is he's complaining that we would be winning this war in Ukraine except these dumb bureaucrats. And so now they've got they've got this. Um, this force rolling up right. the highway like it's a family vacation, just uh-huh. heading right for Moscow. And there's no Ukraine opposition. Oh, they're going to Moscow. I thought you said they were going into Ukraine. They're, oh, they're no, no, Russia. no. Well, they, they, they are. Yeah, but they, they, were, they, were, they went into Rostov, which is Russia, which, and, okay. and they're, they're rolling up the highway to Moscow. Why? Why are they going to like, Moscow? To, to shoot the, the, the generals. So they're so 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 Putin. Wait a minute. Putin hired these guys to attack his own generals. No. Yes, the generals are the problem. If from from, oh. from Putin's perspective, the generals won't do what Putin wants him to do. So he wants to get and, rid of the generals. And, and, they're like, and they're like, "What are you going to do about it?" Yes, you're a dictator, but you depend upon us to keep you in power. Oh, really? I'm going to send twenty five thousand. Uh, Wagner people on tanks. Well, nobody's right. saying this, right? You know, up the, the Russians, <clears> and they're, the they're rolling up the highway. Right. So the people don't care because they're they're right, either but, under so general's all... dictatorship or Putin's dictatorship. Well, but the thing is, is that everybody says that you know Putin is weakened. No, Putin is now Putin now has a choke chain around all the generals around their necks. You know, now, now if any of those generals don't do what Putin wants, he could say, well, let's pick up the phone and call Prigozhin again. Uh-huh. Do you want I me? Mean, because, because what they saw was, 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 an, was an army rolling up the highway with nothing to stop them. And, 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 and Prigozhin has made no secret of the fact that they are the enemy. Now, he said some unpleasant things about Putin. And, you know, and he's criticized Putin to some extent, but I consider that to be part of the Kabuki theater. Okay. That, that's, that's the community theater. And really, when you look at it this way, it's not especially good theater. But, but it's like, so, so, so it's this pretend spat between Putin and Prigozhin. And, um, and they're, you know, but, but the main target are all these fat, lazy, corrupt generals who've stolen all the money and have money and banks in Malta and, and, the, and, and Cyprus and, and everything like that. And they're seeing this army coming up the highway to kill them. And now right. suddenly it doesn't look so, now Putin doesn't, doesn't look so weak. Now it's like, you know, maybe we, should, maybe we shouldn't be dragging our feet on, on supplying the troops in Ukraine. Maybe we shouldn't be, you know, um, defying Putin. Because, because from their perspective, it's like Putin is just one guy, two arms and two legs. And it's like, without us, the Russian military, who is he? It's like, oh, I'll show you who I am. There's an army coming up the highway with no one to stop them. Uh-huh. None, of, none of the military is intervening. You know, the actual rank and file, they're like cheering them on. And, and they're coming up there, and, and they're going to be firing squads in Moscow. And then suddenly, 100 miles short of Moscow, Prigozhin stops. And he turns around, and he goes back. Uh, that happened on Saturday. 
So this this this, this army of twenty five thousand on tanks, some of the best fighters in the world, because um, they're veterans. Races into Russia, then turns around and heads back again. All right, now so Marco yeah. has a little different take on. Oh, that's fascinating. So Marco has a little different take on this. He, he's saying um, that uh, that uh, these guys that uh, Brigosian was actually bought by by the West. In other words, you know the Obama, the Obama dictatorship. Uh, he says most well, people. Some, he, some people. Are, yeah, go ahead. Some people are saying these are not mutually exclusive. So some people, be some people are saying that so Putin, Putin and Putin and Prokosian just just suckered the CIA out of six billion dollars. <laughs> okay. So so yes, the CIA paid Prokosian off. I mean I mean look, we, first of all we have to in, in trying to understand Russia because Americans are terrible at thinking the rest of the world is just like us. It's and not. Churchill said Churchill said a uh, hundred years ago that Russia is. It, what is it? A, a, a mystery wrapped in an enigma, wrapped in a riddle. Right. And if a student of history like him emphasizes the fact that we don't understand what's going on behind the scenes, uh-huh. you know, what what makes everybody think that? I mean, the idea of of taking six billion dollars or whatever it might be from the CIA and then turning around and stabbing them in the back—it's like the Russians invented it. Oh yeah. You know, it's like. And, and and so you know so 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 flip flops and um, you know and double crosses and triple crosses and things like that. That's um, you know that's that's all Russian. That's just normal. That's just politics in Russia. And so I do think that that's that that's likely. Is that so? He stops <clears throat> and he goes back, and the deal is all charges dropped for this insurrection. <laughs> Right. And he's going to go to Belarus, which, by the way, is right near Kiev. Yeah, which is so the Ukraine capital. The head of the Wagner Group is mm-hmm. now going to go into exile into, into Belarus, whose leader, Lukashenko, you know, is, is basically Joseph Stalin. I mean, there, uh, uh, there is no other country and, on earth right now. Right. Huh? And a Russian puppet. Which is, I mean, he works with Putin, right? He's like uh, oh, Belarus and Russia. They're buds. Okay. They're, they're, they're buddies. So, so, so the most Stalinesque leader in the world, other than, you know, perhaps Putin and some of the people there themselves, uh-huh. um, are just across the border from Kiev. In Belarus. And the Wagner group is going to go out there into exile, all charges dropped, and sit across you know, sit across the border from Kiev in the Ukraine, obviously. So what the hell is that? Well, I mean, all all that happened is the Wagner group just moved over to, in addition to scaring the pants off all the generals, you know, they're, they're poised to invade Kiev. And, um, and so, and every, all, everyone in the West is like, so, you know, they thought, I mean, again, but the, everybody in the West thinks that this is the downfall of Putin. You guys, don't you understand that if, if Putin were removed, whomever right. would take his place would be worse? Well, yeah, that's, now, that's not a, that's I mean, not, uh, Putin's not the problem. It's, it's who would replace him. Well, well, Marco has a take on this, too, from the Netherlands. He says, he says uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Prigozhin. 
uh, is going to Belarus, just as you said, not going to lead Wagner anymore. Only Wagner soldiers, uh, old Wagner soldiers can now get a new contract with the Russian army. So this is fascinating. New York Post has exactly what you talked about. The big article, which I posted earlier from this weekend, this guy, Douglas Murray, says Putin's on his way out, but things could go from Vlad to worse. You know, so he thinks he's being clever. clever. Vlad to worse, right? Yeah, exactly. He says the yeah, rebellion I mean, by this. That doesn't, doesn't mean you don't fight evil because somebody worse may come along. You just have to, like, pay attention to what you're doing. Um, you know, the fact that, the, the fact that Putin is, is yeah. Yeah, I mean, the fact that there are worse people than Putin doesn't mean that we should just give Putin everything he wants. But it no, just means true. you should, like, you shouldn't drive down the highways with your eyes closed. <clears throat> but the, but the, the Western media, they were all excited. This is the beginning of the end for Putin. I mean, they've always tried to, pers- they always try to personalize it. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, I mean, the Russians, by and large. Got to have a boogeyman. Yeah. Got to hate somebody. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. And, and um, my, my friend who's over this, she knows, like, you've heard of the, of the people that refuse to sign up, that are trying to flee the draft. And that's real, I'm sure, oh, in yeah. Russia. But she says everybody she knows over there, thousands of them, have all volunteered in, in Russia. And, and, and the thing is, is that they, I mean, and the thing that, that she focused on most was Lindsey Graham saying this money was, this money was a good investment killing Russians. Now, all Putin has to do is play that over and over. He's a senator. He's a U.S. freaking senator. Mm-hmm. Saying that, that killing Russians is a good investment of U.S. money. Oh, I mean, he's, what he's the ultimate that? neocon. I mean, say the neocons, they destroy countries with war, and then they get the contracts to rebuild them. And either way, they, and they make money on both ends. They make money on the destruction. They make money on the rebuilding. That's what's going on here. This right. is the new war. This is the new Afghanistan, which is the new Iraq, which was the new you know, Bosnia-Herzegovina, <laughs> which was the new you know, uh, Vietnam, which is the new Korea. It's all the same thing. It's all the same plan. Well, this is what I said earlier about I am responsible for my country. What country are they going to do this to next? I am responsible for that. Sudan. I'm not responsible for Russia. They're, Sudan. They're already paving the way for Sudan. Are they? They tried to do it in Syria with uh, Benghazi, which was an arms running, arms, uh, running place. That's what uh, Chris Stevens was doing there. He was running guns to, the, to ISIS so they could overthrow uh, Assad in Syria. That's, that's the untold part of this thing. This is fascinating. Mm-hmm. We got uh, I got Dorothy on the line, so we're going to end up here in a minute. But uh, this is but uh, we got to follow this through. Uh, check out the New York Times article. I post the conservative article on your page, so you can take a look at that. But I've got there's so much happening right now. This is fascinating, and just watching the players play, it's like uh, you know all these government people. And something we have to talk about is the fact that I think Obama has told the the mainstream press to go after Biden because they're now starting to ask real questions about. I think Biden's become more liability than he has been advantage. Yeah, he served his he served his purpose, and Obama's given the order to the mainstream press. It's now okay to criticize Biden publicly and start asking questions because they all start asking at the same time, which means they're all under orders. It's fascinating. Uh, yeah, more to talk about. Yeah. I'll, I'll send you stuff. Check out my I have multiple Facebook pages and all this stuff. It's been a, it's been quite a weekend. All right, thank you, Jonathan. Let's uh, let's do it again right. next week. Yeah. Okay. Bye. All right. Take care now. Oh boy. <laughs> This has been a fascinating couple of hours. And now as we do on Mondays, we totally, totally, totally change.
to something uh, completely different. So we go from politics. Well, actually, it's not that politics and sex aren't that different. They are here, but uh, not as a not as a general rule. So let's get on to. Uh, uh, I'm just doing quick scrolling here. Let me find my my theme. And uh, where about your theme, Dorothy? Ah, here it is. There we go. Sex. Everybody talks about it. Some of you are even doing it. But are you really talking to the person you are doing it with? It all comes down to communication. That's where Dorothy Diana comes in. Dorothy is a sexual health nurse educator. She has studied hypnotherapy, Reiki, and many other disciplines. And what is sex without sensuality? Something has to light your afterburner. Join us now for a sometimes very frank and occasionally quite descriptive conversation of sex and sensuality with Dorothy Diana. Hey, gorgeous. How are you doing this week? Totally. I'm doing great. <laughs> mm, yeah, I listened to the last part of the previous hour. It's definitely oh very different than what I'm, what I'm here to talk well, about. Very interesting. I like having you on, really though. Like it, it's such a nice contrast. I mean, I have the first hour myself to rant, which I did. I ranted unbelievably the first hour. Jonathan and I really get to hash over the issues in the second hour. And then I completely change and, and talk to you about really cool stuff. So it's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's a nice change. Keeps me flexible mentally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... You know, I had a hard time choosing a topic this week, honestly. Uh, there was a few things that came up for me in my conversations and my experience of teaching and just going mm-hmm. through life. And one that decided to stick with me this morning was, and, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, of course, because this came up politically mm-hmm. pretty hot and heavy the past couple of years, this changing definition of female and woman in Merriam-Webster and and how controversial that was and who said what and how politicized it became. You know, this politician was asked, what is a woman? And she couldn't even answer. Remember oh, that's that? happened a few times. That's a, the, but that, mm-hmm. that, that deserves analysis itself. You know, is it, why is that suddenly a problem? What, is, what kind of political mm-hmm. agenda has turned mm-hmm. these people into mental idiots? Because we all know the difference between men and women well, are. Well, you know, well, we, well. we know physically, we I'm know mentally, sort of we know. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Right. I don't know if they're idiots. I, I think it is worth the discussion. No, they're not idiots. It's ideology. Yeah. Their ideology is getting uh, in the way. They're not idiots. These are not stupid people. So this is an intentional yeah. distortion of reality because we know men and women are different. We know boys and girls are different. We know we're different physically. We know we're different mentally. We're different emotionally. We're different in the way our brains are wired. We are completely different. We are the yin and yang that makes the, the, the human species. Mm-hmm. And then there's also a diverse spectrum in the middle that exists biologically that's, and that's factual and that's increased over the last 20 years significantly. And there are different strong hypotheses as to why, but I'll denying challenge you on that there's a, you know, there's a denying, <laughs> yeah. well, there, there's, well, I know, well, okay. So another time, yeah, there is a spectrum in, in between and all around biological male and female and that spectrum can define and form how someone presents in the world their gender identity. So that's real also. And what I find interesting mm. is, is, <clears throat> is it their gender identity or their identity? See, see, to me, you're, you're, well, first of all, gender doesn't apply. Gender is a, a, a term for languages like, you know, French, la table, table's female. Why is the table female? I have no idea. 
Why is El Lobo in Spanish the wolf? Why is that masculine? That's how those languages work. Mm-hmm. That's what gender is, as I understand mm-hmm. it. But sex is different. If you're talking about uh, male versus female, XX versus XY chromosomes, that's biology. Mm-hmm. Now, identity, is it gender identity or identity? I think, you know, because there are, there are feminine guys, there are metose- metrosexual guys, there are masculine guys, there are macho guys, there are sadomasochistic crazy guys. There's every spe- same thing with women. You've got, uh, you've got more masculine women. You've got more feminine women. You know, you've got everything in between. But that's not a gender identity or a sex identity. That's just simply an identity. And I think if we look at it that way, we can understand it better. So in other words, we don't, we don't have to change genders. We don't have to change definitions of sex simply because people are different. People are different because people are different. And that makes much more sense to me as a way to identify this. So you can, you can identify however you want. You're not changing your gender and you're certainly not changing your sex. But okay, you, you so may take an, you may change your gender identity. Gender and sex are are not the same, right? right. So gender mm-hmm. is the characteristics you display that usually typically are either male or female and there's a broad range of those typical characteristics. So not everyone who's born XX naturally innately displays the desires, tendencies, behaviors, um of a typical um, sex, female sex. And so this spectrum but that's an identity. of identity. <clears throat> it's an identity. That's this, not a gen- right. This is a see, gender, gender is still identity. Language. So a, gender, mm-hmm. see, but gender only applies to language. You know, the female table, the male wolf, you know, el lobo, you know, la table. That's gender. That's all it ever was. This, where people confuse gender and sex. Sex is what so you are biologically. Gender, gender is is the trait typically associated with with one. Okay, of we're the ob- sexes, obviously one. we're contradicting each other, which is interesting. Let me look it up. Let's see what the what our online dictionary okay. says about gender. This is kind of. I'm okay. not, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm disagreeing, but I'm not you know trying to be offensive and, and discounting mm-hmm. what you're saying. Gender Absolutely. is 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 the range of behaviors and 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 the. The, the sex, the traits of the typical sex you identify with is your gender yes, I identity, with that. which is why that, that, years yeah, ago, well, you me. can, you yeah. can disagree, but the rest uh-huh. of the world is moving on. <laughs> well, the rest of the world and, might be changing, and, but and, the rest of the world redefines marriage not, sort of too, but it doesn't. Anything. It's not, you know. that is not taking away from anyone that, that understanding that there is a uh-huh. spectrum when it comes to both biological sex, there is a spectrum. You can ha- you don't have to have XX or XY, and that keeps that seems to keep increasing the sort of um, I don't like the word mutations, but um, well, it seems kind of fast for evolution, don't you think? Diversity, I mean, have, the biological have, diversity uh, is increasing. Well, period. It what is. are the so possibilities? We can, we, we can be in denial of that, and so we can talk about the causes. But what I came, which we have before, and it's interesting, but uh-huh. people, humans are still important. So even if we have created an entire epidemic of spectrum, neurological spectrum males because of um, the PrEP Act and pharmaceutical abuse, we still have, I mean, I feel like it's my responsibility to treat people with compassion while mm-hmm. we come up with solutions. So, so I love um, a beautiful rainbow, and I did prior to it becoming political. And mm-hmm. I don't see anything damaging. The damaging is when someone's encouraged to be somebody that they're not, whether that's, um, you know, I work with women. Or not be somebody that they are. <laughs> it works both ways. Right. So, I work, you know, I work with women that, um, and, and I would say I've never, I don't think I've ever encountered a woman that felt like she was allowed to truly be herself. Um, in her femininity from the time she was so that's uh, can remember. And that yeah, that's parental and that societal conditioning. 
Yeah. And it right. didn't have a lot of bodily offenses. So huh. things that, that sort of many or large traumas to her body and her sexuality. So this is part of the culture we live in. And now we have many biological males who really identify their gender as very masculine, who don't feel permitted to be who they are and are very confused as to what it means to be a, a healthy male. Like they're, it's our culture is very confusing. So I'm always a fan of who you are, how you were truly born when Mm -hmm. with supportive parents who are open-minded and have great critical thinking Right. Who who are you really? And 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 by the time you come to adulthood, if if you were supported in that way, you kind of know it. And if you weren't, you know, it becomes sort of obvious. And then you do your healing work. So, um, hmm. I guess just saying that we know that the um, the spectrum of people being born that don't fall into the typical XX fully female gender identity and having no, XX and a brain that works that way. And the other, the XY, and having all typical male characteristics, identifying as male, that is all becoming hugely um, more common that that's not the case. And yeah. so I, I believe there's a lot of reasons. And then politically, there's an unhealthy push. And when these political figures don't know what a woman is, I think that's very interesting. Like, they, no, they, they can't do. answer the question because no one's told. No one, no one really... Mm, Mm-hmm. Now they want to confuse. They want to confuse people. They want to. Con- so the whole the whole reason for this is to remove any 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 gender or sex identity. It affects to remove any identity. In other words, men can be women go in women's bathrooms. You know, men can swim on women's swim teams. So there is no difference. So so in other words, this is the elimination. The reason that they're saying this is because they want to eliminate the idea that there are two sexes, that we're really uni people. Mm. This is where it comes from. So let me, a couple things I found. One, my online dictionary under gender says the word gender has been used since the 14th century. We're talking the 1300s, folks, as a grammatical term referring to classes of noun designated as masculine, feminine, or neuter in some languages. In other words, just like I said, el lobo, the wolf, is masculine, whereas la table in French is feminine. But tables, well, right. wolves may be you know, male and female, but, but inanimate objects like tables have a gender in Spanish and French and Italian, the Romance languages. Mm-hmm. That's the way those languages are mm-hmm. set up. That's gender. Okay, gender is not your sex. Now, your sex, as but I said, is your... No, well, hold gender on, hold is on, not hold on. sex, but it's your presentation. It's your identity. But that's it's only how a you new, move through the world. That's only a new interpretation. It, was, it wasn't that way. You know, and this is like, words are changing now. People are changing words around. I Equity know. What about Virginia Woolf? Mm-hmm. What about Virginia Woolf? It's been Wolf? around a long time. So, so, so people who came into the world in one category of sex, mm-hmm. but didn't identify mm-hmm. that way and live their life in a fully different is not new at all. Mm-hmm. But I think no, it's I, I'm not saying you have to do that, but let's talk. All right. There's, there's two different things. Going on. See, the way I see it, it by your biological sex uh, is immutable. That's what you're born with. You're born male. You're born female. Actually, it's probably decided at conception, you know, when, when the, the sperm and egg do their thing. Right. And, and you get your, get your XX or XY chromosomes. Now, does that, limit your range of personality or who you are in any way? No, it doesn't. It only determines your biological sex. Now, your identity, not your gender identity, not your sex identity, but simply your identity is as complicated as every person on the face of the earth because we're all unique. Therefore, we're all going to have a unique amount of male and female, even though we're men and women. That's okay. But to say that this is sex-related or gender-related, I think, is inaccurate. And it takes away from the individuality here and confuses it because, and this is how we get into trans stuff and all the other things that are happening now. And, and the idea of saying that, that they don't know what a woman is because I'm not a biologist. Well, I'm not a meteorologist, but I know when it's raining, you know, I can tell men from women. 
and how you act in the full spectrum. How? Mm -hmm. XX and XY. I mean, there's a biological way to tell men from women. But there are people that aren't XX and XY. So what what are the variations? What have we got? There are many. There are many, and that's interesting because I, 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 was, I was interested that you came across gender only referring to objects prior to recently. But no, it's, it's a language term. It's a, liter- it's a language and literature refers to gender. It also has throughout the 20th century to describe how you identify the characteristics associated with a certain sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a wrong definition. And um, I I'll think be, back, back to the 15th that's a misuse century. Of the word. Yeah, yeah, that's a misuse of the word. It's confusing people. Okay. I mean, we're talking about like people whose you know, professions and life careers were you know, examining sexuality and gender. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I, I think they're I, wrong. I, <laughs> that's okay. okay. Yeah. It's like people that say, well, you're not an expert. You're not a doctor. How do you have a medical opinion? Well, it's very simple. I can read studies. I have a brain and I use Mm -hmm. it. And so in that regard, I think think that confuses people. But what I'm saying is it's actually freer if you use my definition. What I'm saying is you can be anything you want. You You can identify how you want. It doesn't change your biology, but people are confusing biology with your personal identity. And there's two totally different things. I see them as separate. So in other words, you can be as masculine or as feminine as you want. You're still a woman. And that's your biology. But if you separate that, you, you can dress female. as a guy so, so or you can dress as a guy or dress as a woman. Different. Yeah, woman and female are different, which is what I found most interesting. Ooh. For me, the word okay. woman and female are different. So female Tell is me. the biological sex, XX. And right. you can produce eggs and you can bear young. Mm-hmm. And on that note, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm a little uncomfortable with these studies that have started in the early 2000s. They're claiming hmm. to try to. They're, they're claiming to. Um, they're claiming to have these benefits. Oh, if we do this research, we can put an end to unethical cloning. And what the research is is how to grow eggs inside male testes, how to grow eggs That's... in a petri dish, and then implant them in males. And I find this very interesting because what they say, and this huh. is of course nature. So nature is one of the most bought and sold. This is my strong opinion. Anybody can argue with me if they want, but I've, this is been a long time. I've known this. One of those bought mm-hmm. and sold journals, right? Um, politically mm-hmm. motivated, and, and they'll ignore any study that doesn't support a certain political agenda, and they will never go against pharmaceutical companies. But, um, but yeah, these are nature nature studies. So I think that's interesting. But 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 generally, female means you know the the, the sex that can bear young, produce eggs, right? And um, and so woman, it, woman is not the same. The definition of woman is, is, is an adult, adult female and mm-hmm. someone with a feminine nature. Um, no, and, and, and definitions that's like That's what I'm saying. Like Those that. are two different things. A feminine nature, a man can have a feminine nature. It doesn't make him a woman. It doesn't make him an adult female unless he can produce eggs, right? Or bear yeah. young. Well, and now this they're is, trying to, really and now this, I think that's trying to be changed also, which is interesting. Well, let me ask you this, because this is a fascinating uh, subject you brought up here. The, uh, one thing I do not understand is this idea of, of male birth. In fact, it's in our comedy thing. You know, to, this, this is fascination with saying that, that men, you know, they're, they're putting tampons in men in boys' bathrooms, you know, in, in high school. That, or young men's bath. That's insane. That's irrational. But mm-hmm, this, this mm-hmm. merging that's saying that men can bear children and women can whatever. I don't know what it is. You know, probably produce sperm at some point. This is irrational to me. P- 
because we already had this covered. You know, God and nature already figured this out a long time ago. There are men and women. There are male and female. In fact, unless you get down to the one-celled animals, pretty much everything on Earth, including the plants, by the way, you know, which have both, you know, that's why they need to be fertilized by bees, you know, because their plants are even male and female. But there's a reason that God set up the world with male and female. Biologically, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Well, yin it's and yang, to... it goes back. It's, it's the right. ancient history that yin and yang is part of human, part of the biological world, part of the real world, even the spiritual world, mm-hmm. is the idea of polar opposites and how they need each other. But what doesn't have that? You know, technology, robotics, AI, um, total disconnect, total soullessness. Um, if you have a marriage or a relationship without polarity, you usually have no chemistry whatsoever. And with chemistry comes sexual pleasure and sexual realization and joy and enjoying mm-hmm. each other's bodies and connection. And, and you know I believe that say, sexuality is very sacred and healthy, super-evolved, high-vibrational sexuality is really mm-hmm. essential for our happiness. And so if you take away polarity, you take away chemistry, and that's just in a sexual term. But what if you take away polarity everywhere else? Also, there feels like there's a push to do this, right? That, mm-hmm. And so I well, think it's goes way beyond. Um, and we're very love. We're loving as humans. We're inclusive. And right. A healthy human who is intellectually curious and loves themselves has the, has the tendency to want to accept um, and love others and be curious. So when that stops is when we're told that it's a threat to who we are and to our safety. So if we, if people really, okay, when humans are just moving through the world and understanding that there is a diversity and that's normal and healthy and that's not harmful or dangerous based on views on religion or whatever, whatever imposed hierarchical structure is telling us it's dangerous to be diverse. It's dangerous to be different. No, it's not. It's different and diverse. But, uh, it's different and di- diverse. Diverse people don't diverse. want diversity. If different and diverse is loving and, right. and, and, and helpful and beneficial and non-threatening, if we see it that way, we are very welcoming and curious, right? But what mm-hmm. happens is politics gets involved and makes, makes it two sides, makes us all argue about it, and, mm-hmm. um, and then polarizes by saying that, you know, if you don't immediately believe in everything the political agenda says, you're a bigot, you're hateful, you're closed-minded, you're ignorant. Well, that's just a political like weapon. That's like accusing people of racism. If you don't ask everyone their pronouns, if you don't right. immediately um, say your pronouns, if you don't encourage your children, like I did when my son was young, to push a stroller, wear a tutu, and look at construction, I thought that I would live in Santa Monica. Why did you and do I that? all those things in front. Why would you put your son in a tutu? You don't encourage them. You just you don't put them in a tutu. You put every. I mean, look, some people might. I didn't. But what my friends and I did, and we're all very educated and very open-minded and progressive, is we put all the items available. And you never say no. Don't do that. That's for a boy. And it's interesting. I never did that. Is they might they might choose a tutu for about five minutes, but then they really lean more towards what their gender natural gender identity is. Now, I will say my sons were very low vaccinated, which seems to be, vaccines seem to be highly correlated with gender confusion. That's just a fact. Wait, wait, wait. I, 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 Stop I'm right there. Stop right to... there. This is, yes. this is critical. Mm-hmm. Say that again. Vaccines. And I didn't no, want to get okay. into that because we've talked about that. Not just okay, vaccines, just but, you know, obviously write a note plastic, for another show. Uh, estrogen. Um, okay. Yeah, there is a correlation that attempts that the mainstream attempts to keep pushing down, suppressing and ignoring but this very strong correlation that I, I, the word correlation is me being very kind because I feel it's so strong. It's now clearly a causation, but let's just say correlation between 
um, vaccine, um, then the PrEP Act in the 80s, um, more and more vaccines. Now we're at 72 vaccines for children under the age of 18, used to be seven, and autism and gender. And taking out vaccines, if you pretend they don't exist at all, look at the correlation with autism and the, and the, and the curve on the chart of the rise in autism as it correlates, as it goes along with the rise in gender um, identity. I don't want to say confusion. I don't want to be rude, but, um, but rapid well, onset gender is, dysphoria is, and all these things, it goes right along that. And there's many independent scientists who say, this is a smoking gun here. Um, yeah. Why aren't we looking at it? Well, it's not politically power for the, it's not supporting the political powers to look at that. Um, and the well, only reason to, I'm mentioning it is because I don't even know why, how I got on, why I decided to go no, off on that tangent. It, it's but very real though. Yeah, yeah. I got a question. Do you have background noise oh, there or so someone I else saying, there? I was saying I didn't. So I, so I had a wonderful pediatrician in Santa Monica who gave a lot of really, he was very popular, very wealthy neighborhood. And he, um, you know, as is true for many pediatricians in the most wealthy, educated neighborhoods, gives a lot of permission and a lot of education on who needs it and who doesn't, which vaccines are right for your child and which aren't. There isn't just like one size fits all. So my children were very little vaccinated compared to others. And coincidentally, also happened to super be um, very masculine in their tastes and their and their predilections along mm-hmm. with being sweet and sensitive and contemplative and artistic. So they were never confused whether they were truly male or um, wanted to wear dresses. They just never, you could, could, because a healthy masculine isn't just all masculine. A healthy masculine has flavors of both, right? But they tend to feel like a man and um, have more of a protector provider energy, um, more task oriented, um, it's almost comical. I well, have to talk There's, to my boys differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but here's, yeah. here's the problem, though, because in these days of toxic max- masculinity, there is no healthy male. There's nothing about males or masculinity that's healthy, according to the left, according to the, the popular political will. This is why I think this but we're whole, not, you know, baby idea it. comes from. That's bullshit. That, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, what I'm saying that is that that's, but that's a theory. That's, that's what's prevalent out there. I think that's behind the push to, uh, to have, yeah. you know, uh, male baby makers. It's like, guys, guys don't want to make well, kids. Well, you take you know? away... If you take away Matt, we don't want to get you, pregnant. If you castrate, if you chemically castrate by vaccines and injected pharmaceuticals into babies, Ooh. and I don't even like the word vaccine. Let's not even call them that right because I don't believe anymore they even confer immunity. There is not a lot of evidence that they even confer immunity. So what should we call Very little of I need, I need a good so word. So I that have a understand. feeling based on everything else that we just did this injection, castration, injection, just neurological disruptors. And, 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 and again, it's not just the injections for the children. There's a lot of neurological disruptors in our environment now. Our FDA is very loosey-goosey, as you well know. But, um, well, the FDA but, pays for, is paid for by Big Pharma, by the, all the tests that so they you do. Take away, if you take yeah. away all... Um, masculine characteristics if you shame, belittle, um, and then also physically try to castrate with chemicals. And then now you have a society that there's no one going to stand up against um, when a government comes in. I mean, it's actually very clever. Like, who's going to be the protector? And then all the movies, like we watch Mandalorian, and I tell my kids, oh, a woman can never be defeated in the the Disney Mandalorian series. I mean, we like the Mandalorian, (laughs) but but uh, literally we almost laugh because this woman is giant with giant shoulders, a very masculine jaw, and she's defeating men left and right. And every single woman that's like the hero on this show is like this. And they have so many um, gender fluid characters. And, you know, but I always point it out because even though I'm very, 
inclusive and I love the fluidity and the spectrum. I, I just do. I'm also mm-hmm. going to recognize brainwashing, um, telling yeah. my sons that a physical female can defeat a physical male nine times out of ten, which is what the show is trying to promote, and it's a joke. Mm-hmm. We don't need right. to do that. Women don't need that. We have our own powers that are really feminine and really beautiful and mm-hmm. really spiritual, which also I believe this political agenda is trying to get rid of. So if we pretend that the only recognizable values and strengths are like women being super tough, boss bitches, and very masculine, now we have totally castrated the spirituality of our society also because what the feminine energy brings is hugely rich, nurturing, and healing and spiritual in nature. But let's ignore all that, right? Yeah, and this is, like I say, you know, I wonder how much of this, it's interesting you talk about the combination of, of uh, let's just call them, you know, shots, you know, farm, big pharma shots, you know, the huge collection mm-hmm. of drugs and kids. And you listen to Robert Kennedy, um, who should have our vaccine product liability bill by now. I've got folks working on that. Um, but the thing is, he talks about this. He talks about the aluminum. He talks about the three things. You've got uh, Alzheimer's, uh, asthma, and allergies. Those are the three A's of, of uh, the drug shots these kids are getting. And so if you take, mm-hmm. combine that again with, uh, and the aluminum is what's causing a lot of the problems, you know, and if you combine that with the, these, with the fact that it's, it's destroying, well, is this responsible for lowering of testosterone? Because male testosterone I'm is dropping sure. like a rock. So is and that, obesity. Uh, is that, so we have our FDA, clap for right. hands for the FDA, allowing all the chemicals in the food. Obesity is a huge cause of testosterone drop. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's all combined. So I basically mean, this is, this is, there is a war on men. I mean, there really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as, there's a as war the on the guardians men. and the protectors. They don't and want guardians and protectors. They want to be the guy. Well, this is interesting. First, they were played on, pretend, then they replaced men. Hold on. Yeah. There's a war okay. on women, too. There is okay. a huge war on women because if you tell a woman, here's what we're going to clap for, women. We're going to clap for you making money and you going and having your career and you trying to have kids or not because who cares about them? They're just little leeches. Um, but mm-hmm. if you want to have them, go ahead and have your kids and your career. And you may or may not need a husband. They're kind of useless. And you're a boss bitch. And, and you run the fastest. And you do the most push-ups. And if you, that's a masculine world. If you take a woman, someone who's inherently feminine. My idea of a woman is someone who carries heavy feminine energy naturally. Mm-hmm. The, the people out there that really beautifully carry, transmit, permutate feminine energy. So we never talked about Dorothy's definition of a woman. But that's pretty much it. Um, and uh, sorry, I just looked out my patio. My dog had eaten something entirely um, that is not <laughs> edible, and it's all over my patio. <laughs> oh. Well, you know, hey, live radio. We just we just keep going no matter what happens. Listen, we used to have uh, Alan Dawson in uh, in Belize. He'd have screaming tropical birds outside his you know back porch. I love that. He would, yeah, we've got it. We've got it on the, on the podcast. Just go back and, and check Alan. I, I want screaming tropical birds, not a chewed up styrofoam. <laughs> Pot planter. Well, I've got mm-hmm. plans for us all to go to Belize. You know, that's as soon as uh, as soon as I get some more sponsors and a travel budget. You know, we're gonna t- I'm going to take the whole show to Belize for a week. So we're all going. So yeah, I got plans. Okay, so there is a yep. war on women, but it doesn't right. look like it. So the clever war on women is that we get to think we're winning. We get to think, but the women that come to me, and they usually don't get to me until they're in their 40s, because actual women finally wake up and say, "Oh my God, I'm so miserable." I'm going Mm -hmm. to die if I don't change something. What have I been doing all this time and believing because my life is jacked? And they they come to to people like me. 
The many of these women have kids. They come to people like me because they've been. They feel like they feel like they don't even know who they are anymore. At what point hmm. did I lose touch with what it is to be a woman? My pleasure, my bliss, my nurturing, and believe that my value is based on how fast, how much I can do, how much I can squish myself into a man's world and be like a man. Because that's the lie that's being told to hmm. women. And so it's very, it's very, it's very clever secret war against women also. And so we so can't secret. raise up the. If you look at sports, let's talk about the sports. Now, what they're saying is that, that men who basically have cosmetic, you know, elective surgery are, are women all of a sudden, which is biologically impossible, and should compete equally with women in weightlifting and swimming and all these other things. Now, you don't see the, the, the so-called trans guys, you know, on the uneven parallel bars. They're not going to do the things that women do better than men. You know, those are the flexibility events. You don't see guys doing that, the, the guys that are trying to be women. That doesn't happen. They only go after the strength things. Swimming, weightlifting, mm-hmm. you know, wrestling, martial arts, things like that. So it's really quite fascinating. But there is a war on women. It's like there's a war on sexual identity. There's a war on both masculinity and femininity. In other words, there are no men. There are no women. There's only unipedal. Mm. You know, and it's, it's coming from both ends. So the, so the way they go after the guys, Ritalin, you know, um, all these, these, uh, these you, drugs that cause, you know, school shootings, you know, and total destruction of manhood. Uh, it's, it's like the psychological and the physical level. The physical level is the drugs and the psychological level is you're toxically masculine. You're never going to be worth anything. So you might as well kill yourself now. Feminine, the women, they're doing exactly the same thing, not with the drugs, but it's certainly a psychological operation. And, and, the, and there's, a, there's a redefinite, there's a brainwashing operation that women aren't women, that men are women, too. That's insane. Not only that, men can have kids. Right, because you know, if you so, take away polarity and you take away the gifts we have to offer, first of all, you minimize the gifts. You mock right. them. You mock right. a woman who, who, who feels whole by staying home having children in a supportive group. Now, a uh-huh. woman staying home having children isolated is not natural. What do you mean staying home? That is soul-depriving versus going yeah. out to the workplace while having children or instead of having right. children, working outside the home, bringing in uh, money yeah, from outside see, that, so we can that, pay income taxes and make other never people talk about rich. Guys, you never talk about guys working outside mm-hmm. the home. Hmm? So that's a, that's a limitation, too. You never say, I don't well, know. I'm sorry. My, my, my group, my social group kind of does. <laughs> so maybe I'm different, but they many talk about men, men working know. outside the like, home? In fact, okay. yesterday, I date okay. a very masculine man, almost. Almost, so I'm working on getting him into his feminine energy a little bit, but that's another <laughs> Good luck story. That. Um, yeah, yeah okay. he's, he's gung-ho. Well, you so, can have um, masculine and feminine energy. I think I have both in many ways. I know that. And they're really strong, but I don't see that as a, that's not a problem, you know, because uh, because listen, we are complex needs people. A little bit. I'm not going to get off on that. Everyone needs a little bit. And if you're out of right. touch with your feminine, it's because it's a little healing to do. But anyway, um, Okay. <laughs> So Work on your guy. I See what happens. Love him, I love <laughs> him. I love being around him. I love being around. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Um, <laughs> it's almost comical. I don't. I don't. Okay. I love him, but I, I could do a little um, impersonations right now. But uh, <laughs> go ahead. So okay. So but the wonderful thing, um, and I can't remember where I was going with this. What were we talking about? I was using him as an example. 
Oh, he's, he's not in touch with his feminine oh, side. Oh, working outside the home. So even him. So he's very masculine. And even yesterday, we're discussing the schedule. He's like, oh, well, let's see. I think I'm, I'm working from home this day and this day and this day, going into the office this day. So he literally, and, and my ex-husband was like this too, CEOs of you know, a lot of companies, and, and literally discussed whether he was going to be at home working or out. So I feel like that is changing a little bit. And what I'm talking about is women being shamed, hugely shamed, for fully embracing the homemaker, nurturing, raising the kids. And I'll tell you, our culture has bought that hook, line, and sinker because I, as progressive as, you know, as I am and my friends have been in the past 20 years, you know, past 15 years I've been parenting, um, I have many, many times felt I was inadequate or lazy or um, because I chose to stay home and homeschool. And even my ex-husband very much had that energy. Like he would never say it overtly, but, so many things he said and did, and especially after the separation, um, making a point that, that he worked and I just enjoyed myself or he worked. And, I, you know, <laughs> to try to explain to someone that it's a 24-hour-a-day job and yeah. nobody can replace the mother in the home. Nobody. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about the father because I can feel Greg saying, what about the father? Of course nobody can replace the father, but I'm talking about the mother right now. Yet. There is no Give replacement. I know, but I know you so well. Um, <laughs> and nobody can replace. And so – to, to, you know, but that that's real. So there's a really a war on women and being feminine, as well as a, a total war on on being strongly in your masculine, confidently, and 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 mm-hmm. doing those things which the masculine does so beautifully, and and nobody you know and, and can't be replaced. Well, there's mm-hmm. a war on masculine and feminine, and it's it's on a psychological level, and it's on a physical drug level, and it's on an institutional level. It's happening all over the place, and it's really scary. You that know, so being to, said, yes, that your topic said, of the day, topic du jour. Meanwhile, back to our original. Still a mask, there's still a male um, biology, right, XY, and a female XX, and there's naturally stuff in between, all kinds of people in between, and there's naturally all kinds of expression in between, and there's room for everybody. I'll tell you what I'd love. Nothing more than a super feminine, I'm just going to say this, everyone can just throw stones and call me elitist. Here we go. Go for it. But I want, as a mom that also works in and out of the home and has three kids and wants to do everything really perfectly, and, you know, um, I love nothing more than a mother's helper or housekeeper that is feminine in her nurturing, but super masculine in her ability to carry out tasks, be organized, you know, kind of fill in for me in the areas I can't. And the reason I'm saying that is because there's a lot of masculine traits. Um, that I don't hold that I really need in my life. And I would welcome someone who maybe identifies as a female, you know, um, but has a lot of masculine energy right now in my home. Um, you need like a former East German you know, military au pair or something. It, yeah. You need, like, mm-hmm. you need like an Eastern European, you know, former communist country au pair. She's like really strong. That's <laughs> but she mean. has to be sweet too. <laughs> well, I'm sure you sweet. But how, actually, or how about an Israeli woman who's been in the armed forces who wants to be an au pair? That's what you need. So I'm going to, you know, <laughs> being from an Eastern European background, I'm going to say time. That energy for me is a little, a little too um, not direct and not critical. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, well, it's, it's good, but you know, you see the point I'm making. The point I'm making is there's room for everybody. There really is, and and it's the policies why, to get out of it, and the chemicals and the pharmaceutical industry and their agenda yeah. would get out of yeah. it. We'd all be fine because everyone's mm-hmm. happy with everyone being who they are. If you're mm-hmm. if you're if you're truly in a loving, healthy 
um, self-esteem and place in your life and you're following your bliss and you're following your own personal energy, you're not hurting anybody. There'll be Mm -hmm. somebody to fall in love with, somebody who needs just what you have to offer. There'll be a job for you. Um, The problem is the politics of it all and and then shaming and castrating and um, belittling and confusing all the children as well as all the adults of what we're supposed to be, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, that's essentially my take on things, Greg. (laughs) No, 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 And that the definition of a woman should be someone who carries strong feminine energy innately, and that's where they find their pleasure, and they're really good at it. That's a woman. Mm -hmm. And the female is somebody who bears eggs, who bears live young and and makes eggs. And and that's different than a woman. A woman is, is a presentation, is a way of living, is... I don't know. Argue with me on this one. <laughs> no, I don't have to. I agree with you. Uh, but, 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 but I make the you distinction do? between. Oh, I do. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't always disagree with you. It's not automatic. But no, but what I do is I just, I just frame it a little differently. Like I say, we are biological, you know, physical, emotional, spiritual, uh, psychological. There's all the different components. Okay. So biological, XXXY. That's the basic level. You know, spiritual, what we believe. Uh, how we identify our, our own personality can be anything. You know, like I say, from really ultra feminine, you know, uh, metrosexual guys, you know, to the most macho, you know, UFC fighter. I mean, that's the spectrum. Same with women. You know, you've got uh, the, the, the ones that look like former concentration camp guards all the way to beauty queens. You know, there's, a, there's an entire range. But I separate the fact that from the biology to the personality and what thing's happening, what you're talking about is that there's a merging of that. It's like when, uh, when the left talks about illegal aliens or, or uh, illegal immigrants. Well, they're confusing two issues because an immigrant is someone that's legal. So to call someone you know, uh, an illegal immigrant is a contradiction. But it, it blurs the issue. It, it blurs the issue to say we need gun control to stop gun violence. <clears throat> well, gun violence is committed by criminals, not by honest law-abiding people. So now you've confused the issue. So this issue gets confused too. What they're really saying is there is no gender. There is no sex. There is the uniperson. And the uniperson can be controlled by the state, and the uniperson has to go to the state for everything, for your, your, your drugs from big pharma, for your education from big government education, you know, and everything is supplied to you. And you have no personality. It's a destruction of identity. It's for the same reason that uh, they, they bring sex into kids' lives, and the left wants, you know, wants to sexualize kids at, what, three? You know, why? Because it destroys their identity. It destroys who they are as an individual. Everything is really geared to destroying the individual. And you part mean of being gender, an individual, gender, put them in a gender age three or sec, what do you mean sexualize? Help me understand. What do you sexualize. Mean? In other words, bring in drag queens in the schools and talk about sex ed at the earliest possible point and have the, the groomers out there oh, uh, and, and do saying. everything to kids to, to make them, you know, have, I, I have like a sex ed beauty contest for five-year-olds. What's that? Oh, I know that's disgusting, right? Well, well please stop telling five-year-olds how they look, sex, not how they feel. But if you talk about sex with kids at an early age, you got a four-year-old that says, where do babies come from? You want to deal with that oh. on, on, on a oh, level yeah. of a four-year-old, okay? Mm-hmm. which might be from mommy and daddy. Oh, okay, cool. You know, and that might be all I want to know. <laughs> That's <Okay>? right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. But if you say, uh, oh, well, let me show you how it's done. Here, watch this, this film of the animals mating. Would you do that to a four-year-old? No. Well, Jesus. a four-year-old on a farm. Not, yeah, you're not protecting a four-year-old. Oh, on that's a, farm. a good point. And so that they're, so... they're some of the healthiest, most bait, grounded. Not you're not gonna you're not gonna by the time they're in middle school, high school, you're not gonna shake their views on sexuality. And they're like, whatever. I know mm-hmm. what I know the real thing because I grew up around it. And you know, we talk about this um, most you know humans in human history 
there's, mm-hmm. you know, you're intense. I mean, kids from a very young age know that there's sex. They, they know. They hear the women giggling and talking around the campfire. Much less protected conversations, mm-hmm. and it's impossible to shield them from sex, it's, it, and there's no reason no, to do it. No, I'm not shield them from sex, yeah. but you don't yeah, yeah. want to uh-huh. destroy their identity in the process. You, want to destroy, you don't want to destroy their self-esteem, their self-confidence of who they are. In other words, if they don't believe that they should be sexual at four that there's something wrong with them, you know, and then you got the pedophiles. That's a whole other story uh, of, of well, the old rumors that, you know, masturbate frequently, but that's a whole other topic. I mean, it's really well, all how you handle where all, did that all come the from? things, you know, and <laughs> really four year olds. Well, I mean, that's interesting. Yeah, okay. absolutely. They love to like stick their hand. Oh my gosh. Funny stories. When my, um, I was blessed to have, <laughs> don't embarrass your kids. Now, don't embarrass your kids. I'm just warning you. Don't oh! embarrass your kids. What? You oh, boys. Are you kidding? My hairdresser, Laura, she used to come to our house to cut the kids' hair, and we will never forget when my oldest son and I'm going to – oh, shoot, you're right. I probably shouldn't tell the story. Well, <laughs> don't tell us. Anyway, tell us me off the he just did something that little He'll boys will do. He came out – he's very uninhibited because they're not, they're not given messages. Hey, you know, they warning. start taking the messages Going once, on. going twice. And, Go um, ahead. Tell it. Well, <laughs> I told you. Well, he came, right. into, he came into the living room while she was cutting my hair so happy and pleased with himself and just – Really uninhibited and with no clothes on, and I'm not going to go take any further. But we we just laughed, and yeah, okay. And then my girlfriend, who's a nurse from UCLA, you know, she's um, uh, she's a pediatric. She was the uh, director of pediatric ICU at UCLA. Very educated, and we remember when they were like toddlers, um, and we we would always have happy hour together. We called it that on Fridays, and all the toddlers would be there, and you know, we're changing diapers, we're chatting. And, you know, one of the little boys is gleefully gla- grabbing himself down below and just pulling on it, you know, as little ones will do. And she says, immediately, without even missing a beat, she says, oh, that's right, you have a beautiful penis. Um, because in her education and her experience, you celebrate, you don't shame. And these are my people. And I love it. And it's not mm-hmm. sexualizing. It's affirming. No, that's, that's and different. then later you tell them, that's different. later you tell them, and later when it's, you tell them, you know, that's kind of private. So we keep that to ourselves. That's for the bath, mm-hmm. you know, in our culture. And, and so there's ways to do things. My, my only, my only, um, there's ways to do things so that you celebrate the genitals, celebrate sexuality without, as you said, age appropriate, um, without shame mm-hmm. and um, without. Well, see, that's, now that's different. Them, right? now that's different than violating, like you said, and destroying their, their self-esteem and, and sexualizing them. And, and you have, you, I guess you got, you know, junior high girls that, that have boys walk into their bathroom. In fact, some of them, there's one case in Virginia where they're basically a rapist, you know, was, was going in. And then instead of uh, throwing this kid in jail, they put, they sent him to another school where exactly the same thing, dressed as a, as a woman. Yeah, I remember that. Or, or, uh, yeah. And so that's the kind of, so, and that's, so that's, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. poor parenting and poor sex ed in schools and poor parenting and God only knows what happened to that child at home. And so yeah. bullies pay it forward. So if you have parents that aren't doing a good job with sex ed at home, have their own mm-hmm. trauma and abuse issues, and who knows what's happening by neighbors. There are so many kids that are just, and now you, you know, it all goes together. Yeah, but the other kids shouldn't have family. to suffer for it, though. The other kids shouldn't have to suffer I agree kind of with abuse. you, but I'm saying or assault. this is another problem with the public school system is they're mm-hmm. not really raising the children to be healthy. So conflict negotiation and social skills should be the only thing, in my opinion, taught and creativity and, 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 and uh, frontal lobe development play up yeah. until age seven in schools. You don't need yeah. anything else until age seven. This is a strong statement, mm-hmm. but it's based on a lot of research. And you have that mm-hmm. special child that reads early, great, have fun with him at home. But the school setting needs to be social skills, conflict negotiation, social skills, including 
you know, sex ed in an age-appropriate way, as we've already discussed, which has nothing to do with, um, you know, uh, anything you would teach a middle schooler. But um, then you don't end up with kids like that. I mean, parents are farming their kids out to the public school system, which is part of probably this overall agenda. I hate to say it, but... Um, and so why are we surprised that's happening? And that's not that, I don't even think that's that kid's fault. At that point, I don't even give him responsibility. I think that child is so confused, screwed up and traumatized himself. You know, he probably needs to be in, in, in major therapy and not even in a group setting, right? The child that did yeah, that. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But again, you don't subject the other kids to a kid that's, that's going to be abusing them. You know, but you said that uh, the school should be raised. Yeah. Oh, I know. I understand. They're that. doing this you said not the schools... just with sexuality, though. This has been going on a long time. This right. whole feeling that oh, the bully, the bully's the victim. No, you no. remove the, the bully the until the bully has been non-traumatized. Until you undo the trauma, because a bully in any capacity will mm-hmm. will create more bullies and more bullies. It's extremely traumatic for children to be bullied, and this attitude that oh, they'll work oh, it no out. Kidding. And just put them in school and socialize them from a young age in school. They're not getting socialized in a good way in school at all. They're getting socialized really to be to be completely shut down and traumatized. Um, well, I would I abolish the government Santa schools. Uh, you know, you talked yeah. about schools. You know, raising kids. I don't want the schools raising the kids. I want the parents raising the kids. I would close them all down. Yeah. I think government schools are one of the most dangerous in this country. You know, kids should be mm-hmm. homeschooled and and group tutored and take special classes. I wrote a whole. I wrote seven uh, seven part. Did you ever read my education uh, treatise, you know, on Substack? I've got seven parts to it. It's 14,000 words long of an entire mm-hmm. new model for education. I think you'd find it fascinating. Um, tell me what happened in Santa Monica. What were you going to say? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, well, I just remember this trend. I just remember when I had my kids paying attention and being frequently pleased and frequently shocked and appalled at what was normal, considered normal for children. So went to this beautiful little art center, um, so inclusive, so like the children could just paint wherever they wanted and use any materials, and the staff was so supportive, and it was all about creativity and collaboration. They did everything mm-hmm. right, except there was an autistic child there, a child on the spectrum somewhere, who was violent. Mm-hmm. And instead of, because they feel so guilty drawing boundaries that are healthy to protect victims, because now the trend is, well, the autistic child needs to have his feelings valued and we don't want him to be excluded. No, you have to protect children from someone who's violent. It doesn't matter why they're violent. It doesn't matter why they're having a bad day. You know, they Mm -hmm. ate something that affected their brain. They have a virus. Who knows? But you have to protect. So there's a huge trend that the autistic kids are incorporated into schools. And I sympathize the parents who don't know what to do with their kids that are damaged, probably from vaccines, um, Mm -hmm. almost 100% of them. Um, Mm -hmm. Is there an antidote to that, by the way? And they want want everyone to include them, and I understand that, but but you can't do that. I'm sorry. You, You can't have your children... Um, interrupting the education and, and violating the peace and traumatizing, you know, um, and not all autistic kids are so socially disconnected, I guess, and, and, and violent, but it certainly is very common, right? So in this case, I just remember this push for inclusion, inclusion, inclusion at the risk of everyone else, right? And the same thing with the furries in the classroom. I mean, mm-hmm. look, your kid thinks they're a furry. That's adorable. A lot of preschoolers love to pretend. But in a certain grade, at a certain level of education, where all the group is agreeing that here, we're here to learn today and focus, 
I'm sorry, your child can't have a water bowl at the back of the room and wear a costume every day. It's distracting. They can do that at home. In this group, yeah. this is what we do. If you want to be part of this group, this is what we do, right? That's fascinating. Um, is, is, has anyone studied uh, a reversal of the damage from, uh, from these shots that these kids are getting? Uh, in other words, can you reverse autism by, by ta- whatever, whatever is put in the jab to begin with? Can that, is it like a reverse mm-hmm. jab that can take away autism? So there, if autism well, is caused really by, by mm-hmm. vaccine jabs, you know, in the same way, like people have had COVID jabs. Uh, there are ways to get rid of the blood clots, so like Cardio Miracle and some other products, uh, like Dr. Judy Mikovits knows about. Who's a real friend of the show here. She's on all the time um, for things she's like fantastic. this. So, she mm-hmm. is fantastic. Did you ever get a chance to talk to her when she's been on? No, I don't know if I'd be. I'd be speechless. Why? Start stuttering. She, she's like because, she's like I mean, a bud. She's, she's like a huge celebrity and a fangirl. <laughs> yeah, but to us, she's Judy. I call her Judy on the show. You know, she's she's like one of us here. Okay. So I'm a huge believer that autism is reversible, and this is not my specialty, but okay. I know plenty of people who've done all kinds of therapies, plenty of parents who've done all kinds of, from, you know, chelating the heavy metals out of the brain, dietary changes, because as Dr. Wakefield, the genius who was completely smeared, was trying to point out that the gut is hugely important in the neurofunction. That's all he was trying to do, yeah. talk yeah. about the, the relationship between the gut and neurofunction. They're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Somebody might draw a conclusion that you're saying MMR can cause autism, which we know it absolutely can. And, and we had the CDC doctor shred those studies and, um, but, you know, speak out about it. But, um, well, those are the only two. That's all I, he was my kid got two so shots. There's so much science yeah, on that, about. and, and mm-hmm. parents should have hope. And, and absolutely try to do that, I believe, if their children are autis- autistic, just get involved in the natural health community. And um, there's been a lot of success. That's fascinating. Yeah, because my, my kid got like two shots, the MMR and the DPT, the two traditional ones. And then I asked mm-hmm. Judy about this, uh, Dr. Judy Mikovits, who, who doesn't know about, you know, and I said, wait a minute. So, so how prevalent are these drugs? How prevalent are these diseases, diphtheria, pertussis, tetanus? This is hardly at all. They haven't had cases, really cases in 100 years. You know, measles is mm-hmm. coming back and other ones are because of all the illegal aliens crossing our border. But that's by design. That's intentional. But uh, these dr- and even and then I, the second question I asked her is, well, even if you get these these diseases, um, are they fatal? Are they treatable? She says, no, they're all treatable. I said, well, what's the mm-hmm. big deal? Why, yeah. would, why would you risk autism and, and a lifetime of chronic mm-hmm. problems from a from a pharma drug, pharma shot? I think I'll call them pharma shots from now on. So why would you risk everything from a pharma shot when the disease itself, first of all, is incredibly rare, and even if you get it, it's curable and treatable? That makes no sense to me. And they lie to everyone, and they give these I, – I don't even know the news will have this epidemic of measles in you know, Disneyland, which is what was the big push you know, oh, yeah, several that, years yeah. ago. Well, measles is not fatal generally. And then generally. what came, I mean, to find be, out, but, came to find yeah. out, most of the people that had measles were vaccinated, had been vaccinated – so now mm-hmm. they have that vaccine sensitivity. Um, I yep. can't remember what it's called. What happens so 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 commonly vaccine that you're more thing. susceptible? Yep. Yeah, polio is the same you're way. More susceptible uh, to the disease. So is uh, pertussis. You said your kid's got DPT. Mine, one of mine did too. He's the only yep. one that gets creep like cough. So he's more mm-hmm. susceptible to pertussis now, and it's really a shame. Well, the, you know? uh, the pharma shots destroy your immune system. We talked about this earlier. That uh, this is a marketing plan, just as as the neocons will start a war in a country like Ukraine or Afghanistan to blow the hell out of it and make you know, billions or trillions of dollars. Then they come along and say, well, we need to rebuild this country so they can get billions and trillions more. So it's like they destroy, they rebuild. In the same way, big pharma is pushing pharma shots that destroy your immune system under the guise of trying to boost your immune system. But they're actually destroying it, making the need for more pharma shots. It's a self-perpetuating mm-hmm. industry. 
You know, it's like, uh, again, why uh, we mentioned this uh, with Jonathan in the first hour. You know, why do movie theaters sell you popcorn with tons of salt on it? So you buy soda. What else is in the soda? Salt, <laughs> which makes you more thirsty. Mm-hmm. So, so if you buy mm-hmm. a soda, the reason that you're not quenching your thirst with soda is it's got sugar in it to make it addictive, and it's got salt to make you thirstier. That's a marketing thing. That's just a marketing product. It's not a drink. Mm-hmm. You know, in the same way, pharma shots are a marketing product. They destroy the very thing they're trying to, they say they're trying to boost, which is your immune system, but they don't. Mm-hmm. So here's, uh, I mentioned this earlier um, with uh, Jonathan. I don't know if I talked to you about this, but, uh, or maybe I just did. I'm losing track today. It's been so busy. Um, but the idea that, that people that had COVID and got over it naturally. So COVID only affected less than 1% of the population seriously. Those that died were a very small fraction of 1% of the population of the country. Everybody else was fine. We got at, at worst moderate systems. I had it for two days. Uh, and two, actually, I got over it in two days, two days of rest. I had it for about two weeks. Worst cough ever. I'm going to play one of my shows sometime. I sounded awful when I had COVID. Mm-hmm. First week of January 2020. Terrible, terrible. I remember it too. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I was working two full-time jobs. I was functional. Radio. I just had that horrible cough and couldn't sleep because yeah. of cough at night. But yeah, I was functional. I couldn't sleep mm-hmm. either. Yeah, early. But then we got over it. Now, my question is, because we got over it naturally and never took a jab, I wonder if our immune system, because it's a bioweapon, it was an unnatural, it was a disease, it was a virus not found in nature, it was man-made through gain of function, through Wuhan and, and North Carolina, mm-hmm. you know, the, the bioweapons right. program. So we know that. So now the question mm-hmm. is, having gotten over it, I mean, it wasn't as strong as they thought it was. They didn't gain enough function to kill everybody or as many people as they wanted. We came back and said, ha, our immune systems work. Screw you. <clears throat> you know? And yeah. so... Is our immune system stronger for having gotten over a bioweapon? I have been sick since I had COVID, except when I had a colonoscopy check, which is the, the older person's check, which is fine, by the way. <laughs> um, but that's when I got, I got a cold because, you know, obviously that's invasive, you know, way inside your body. Uh, and so I got a cold for a few days after well, that. No, but that they, was it. The chemicals they put in you also, yeah, I'm not a fan oh, of no, that. They knocked me out, right? Oh, yeah. The, yeah. The, the nurse says, goodbye, Greg. I said, goodbye. Or I said, good night, not goodbye. He says, you know, good night, Greg. <laughs> good night. I woke up like now. I get I like, colonics. Oh, are we done? I What's think that? colonics are very healthy. I, I we get, I get colonics. My friends, my yeah, friends, the point is, I've been sick. But the point is, I've been sick since I had COVID. Mm-hmm. And got over it naturally. So I'm wondering, do we have strong immune systems? Have you changed? So I, have, I'll tell you what. I've gotten very wise though about my like COVID. COVID alchemized so many people into better nutrition, and they said they don't ever want to be in a position where they're going to be one of the ones that go down. So. You know, people are more aware no, of sugar. I, I don't way. know. Like, I've always, did you start taking more more vitamin D or vitamin A? I, I did. I did be very conscientious about more so even than before about my minerals and my vitamins, making sure I well, was. Well, I've always taken vitamin knowing D, that, although knowing I that, haven't as much you yeah. know, recently. But um, but vitamin D is the only thing I've added. Uh, tried quercetin yeah, for a while, but got over it because that was fine. Yeah, vitamin D. Nobody was talking about vitamin D. Nobody was mm-hmm. talking about it, and that's like probably one of the most important ones to have a decent level of vitamin D for upper respiratory viral. Well, right. I've, and, noticed, yeah. I've noticed a side effect of vitamin D. My vision's improving. Oh, yay! I need to be taking yeah. that again, and I, I always forget. Uh, no, vitamin D. Vitamin was, D does a lot of things. Uh, it's really good. I was really good about it for like two years. I can't stand. I can't stand bright sunlight. Hurts my eyes, and so I don't spend a lot of time in the sun. And I had skin cancer. Uh, I thought because of the sun, but I really think that was the sunscreen that gave it to me. So I don't wear sunscreen. And seed oils. Seed oils. We've talked about oh, that. I got rid of those, too. Those you are gone. Seed oils are gone. get rid of seed oils, you'll never yep. burn again. Oh, that's interesting. Hashtag okay. facts. I know. And, you know, some of the things we talk about, I wonder, like, it's so – because I've researched so many hours and I went into it with an open mind, to me, it's, it was knowledge prior to the pandemic – 
about mm-hmm. the Chapel Hill Wuhan Harvard connection and that they took the gain of function research and they moved it to Wuhan because they mm-hmm. got a slap on the wrist. But when you and I mention it on the air, like, yeah, of course, of course, I, you know, I know your listenership is probably in, you know, more likely to understand that. But because my, my view really is, yeah, everyone knows that, right? And then I think, does everyone know that by now? Or are we still in this no, they game? Don't. We're no, like, no, we are. No, we are no, 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 there's no gain of function. That doesn't exist. Fauci's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not listening to you. No, so no, 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 no. Yeah, no. No, there's an entire population of idiots out there that are, are not so much, uh, you know, they're not stupid. Victims. They're just ignorant. They're ignorant of the, of the facts because Victims. they don't believe. Yeah, it's like people that say there's no evidence the election was stolen. Well, I respond, there's no evidence that you've looked at because you won't look at it because it'll destroy. If you ever see how much evidence there really is that the election is stolen, it's going to disrupt your assumption. And one of my longest standing, um, I guess, axioms of the show is that assumptions are stronger than truth. People will go to their graves with their assumptions. Don't challenge Isn't their assumptions. Isn't that insane? But, yeah, and, and, yep. and I guess I'm True. probably, you know, here I am about to say, how can you be like that? But you know what? I'm, I'm sure there's things I know that, that certain things you could push buttons on me that I would, I would feel triggered by for sure. But not everything. Well, let me know when you get one. I even have a very conservative friend and he's you know he he, gosh and then the other day he even said i mentioned the election fraud and he said i don't know about that i was like what i was like no my myself a a democrat at the time i was voting for bernie sanders by the way during the primaries he was my guy Mm -hmm. and um and i did vote for clinton and and during the democrat primaries during the debates i watched it with my republican then republican husband my three neutral children who were like they're making us watch debates but okay whatever (laughs) and they're very open children if you don't influence them and you don't give your opinion they can see right through people that they're fun to watch political debates with they are funny okay so we all have together yeah they're like this person's a big liar like remember the one guy they kept there, well, I don't want to get too off topic, but, but my kids are, I love hanging out with them in general, but they're very, um, yes, critical thinking, open-minded by nature. Kids are intuitive. Mm-hmm. But right. um, by, by the time the elections came, uh, by that time, I was very concerned about the Democrat Party because of the pandemic. I was getting very panicky, like, wait a minute, my whole life, I'm in Denver, what, what are we doing? And I, we watched all night long. We let them stay up, and we saw that sudden shift of the votes. We actually watched it happen. And mm-hmm. so you had a bunch of people who weren't expecting that, who aren't, have never talked about political fraud. That's not what we talked about. We all saw it, and we were like, oh, my God, that just happened. And the people I know that kind of came from that viewpoint of, like, we're just watching life. We're not, we, we don't have, we're not trying to, you know, predict anything or, you know, all had the same view, like something really weird just happened. Something really weird just happened. Yeah, right? yeah, everything shut down, and, so, and it's like, thing uh, I need. That's yeah. the only thing I need. That's the only evidence I need, but then the data mm-hmm. statisticians – so many experts came forward and explained how it was impossible. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that sealed impossible. the deal for me. But, yep. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll put it on a real basis. You don't, need, you don't need any evidence at all. And this is something you can ask folks. And I've asked the same question on the air with people and, and in life. You know, do you believe that Joe Biden in a declining mental state who promised to basically raise energy prices, destroy our economy, tax the mm-hmm. hell out of us, put yeah. us on a Green New Deal, destroy our military, mm-hmm. make a mm-hmm. sucky foreign policy, and be paid for and bought by China. Do you really think that the American public voted for that yeah, over that's low that's energy, a great thing. economy? You know, it's a, so is it possible And if he was Obama, we might believe it, because Obama was wildly popular. I mean, he swept us off our feet. He was well-spoken. And he was popular prior to 
prior to. Yeah, but he ran on white guilt. Nowhere. He ran on white guilt. I'm not, that's not how I felt. I didn't feel that way oh, at all. Okay. I voted for him. I didn't feel that way at all. I felt oh, that's charmed. I okay. felt taken care of. That's I a felt liar. like he was another JFK. Oh, oh that's fascinating. So, um, no, he was yeah, a liar. Yeah. I looked at him and I thought, this man is lying, liar, liar, pants on fire. I never trusted him. I never <laughs> liked him. And nothing to do with being black either. So this is as people, the white killed people. Well, now I know Obama. he was CIA yeah. and all this. But, I mean, some oh. people are very good actors. I was married to an actor, so I know how to see who oh. he But, um, you know, I, on that note, I have to go. But I, I love our okay. talks. And I, I guess the whole point of too. my feeling today was, was like, inclusivity is okay, with critical as thinking, long like as we love everyone, we love everyone for how they come into the world naturally. We're not trying to right. make anyone be different, whether it's mm-hmm. different this way or different that way. Um, and, and, and we're very accepting and we're very, and, and, and that a woman can be um, not necessarily born XX and that's okay. Um, yet at the same time, you know, let's work together to, make people very aware of pharmaceutical companies and political agendas and how they're damaging. They're not about inclusion. They're about forcing us in some very weird place, right? No, they say inclusion, but that's, that's the uh, Marxian dialectic. So the Marxian dialectic is talking about one thing and doing something else or projection, yes. blaming people for yes. accusing people of the crime that you're doing. In other words, colluding with yes. Russia. Was I mean? Yes. I mean, Hillary gave away 20% of our uranium. I don't know how much more collusion you can get. In fact, I want to try and trace where that went. That's my next project. Okay. But yeah, but the thing is, you can, you, you know, if you want to celebrate diversity, then actually believe in real diversity and let people be who they are and not change them to, to your point of view. That's not diversity. That's propaganda. That's, that's manipulation. Mm-hmm. Very different. Well, Greg, on that note, I have to run because I have a kid going well, to I love our chats too. But I, I okay. feel like I could talk to you all day long and I love our discussions. Yeah, we but could. We'll have to pick it up next <laughs> week. <laughs> okay. Contact information, please. Uh, Dorothy Diana on Facebook and my website, Yoni Yoon, Y-O-N-I-Y-U-N dot com. And thank you so much. Oh, I love, your, I love our discussions too. So take care. <laughs> have a great week. And we'll talk next week. Thank you. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye now. So as usual on Monday, I never got to play any of my commercials except one because I was trying to uh, contact one of my friends, you know, and uh, see if I can get her on the show. That's Catherine Arnett. But uh, we'll work on that. Uh, this has been fascinating. So uh, Mondays are just nuts around here. But it makes sense because I have the most time to prepare for the Monday show uh, because I have Saturday and Sunday and I like most of Friday for it as well. So that's how that works. I did play one of my commercials. I'm going to play a couple more. And give, uh, you know, maybe our, 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 like a promo, I'll throw that in too. But basically, this has been a wild day. Now, tomorrow, tomorrow's going to be interesting. Tomorrow, we've got Brianna Cannon starting things off at 7 a.m. Central. We've got Joe Sikasi at 8 a.m. And then we've got Michael Bobby's coming back to talk about an article he wrote in 2021 on Colony Ridge, on this Texas community that is illegal alien. Uh, based basically the whole thing is a, is a whole city of illegal aliens and i sent josie a few days ago the website the spanish one the, the you know to bring all the the illegal aliens into this this community um with the nice pictures and now they can finance it you know have this i'm curious what because I, I can't read spanish so i don't know what josie finds on that so tomorrow's gonna be a really interesting day anyway so so we got brianna josie and michael so there's no there's no free hours for conversations uh Pianchi called earlier i apologize there's uh, just stuff you know, I really want to talk to Dorothy. This is only a couple, uh, couple times I don't take calls. Dorothy usually, and sometimes Brianna, I don't take calls either because I really like talking to them, and, and it's the only chance I get. Uh, but most of the times, most guests, you know, I do open up, or I have a special guest. 
lot of times I don't take calls for those either because there's only so much time. Anyway, um, this show is packed with, with information and revelations. And so take it, listen to it, share with all your friends, share our bills, because nothing happens if you don't share the show and you don't share the bill. Um, we've really done our part. It's really up to you to do your, do your part. And you've got the easy part. Just copy the links to the bills and copy the links to the shows and send them to everybody you know, uh, all of media and all of government. Simple, right? Anyway, um, so Greg Penglis for Action Radio and our, our main site here, blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action. Our latest latest site is writeyourlaws.com, W-R-E-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S, writeyourlaws.com. My substack, gregpenglis.substack.com. Contributions are at... Um, givesendgo.com slash action radio and my public email is greg at writeyourlaws.com see you all tomorrow at 7am when we do it all again well that sounds good even better okay how about your car if you want the best service for your vehicle please talk to james at florida stores automotive Conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stores Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stores Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Grave Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is gravecare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at gravecare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend Jason Myers and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand Your Ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, 
self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. This is Greg Penglis for Strikeforce, your source for pure energy. Strikeforce is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strikeforce, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, WYL, to the discount code window at checkout. WYL comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines. Action Radio. Part of the ADHD Radio Network. The ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take. That is Action Radio. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. 
There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.